Or 11. Ah, the spring roller coaster begins. 36 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Police in Texas are investigating another explosion in the capital city of Austin. Police Chief Brian Manley confirmed two people are in the hospital with serious but non-life-threatening injuries. Manley asked people in the area of southwest Austin to stay inside their homes for the rest of last night. He also said people should not touch or open any packages they find. Yesterday's blast is the fourth one to rock. Austin this month. Water crews say they spent much of yesterday fixing a water main break in Ambridge. Ambridge's mayor says a 24-inch line break is near the Ambridge water plant. Crews were able to put a temporary fix into place just before 10 o'clock last night. Workers will be back on the scene today to get that permanent fix in place. A new study suggests America has a drinking problem. The CDC report reveals U.S. adults consumed over 17 billion binge drinks in 2015. That's about 470 binge drinks per binge drinker. Binge drinking is defined as consuming five or more drinks for men and four or more for women in a two-hour time frame. Research shows that one in six or 37 million adults binge drink about once a week, consuming an average of seven drinks per instance. More than half of the binge drinks consumed each year were by adults 35 years and older. Binge drinking has many risks, including reckless driving, risky sexual behavior, violent behavior, and long-term health issues. Consumers could soon be receiving their packages by commercial drones. According to the Wall Street Journal, drones are expected to bring limited package deliveries right to your doorstep. At least 10 pilot programs approved by the FAA, possibly including package delivery, are scheduled to start by May. However, the green light could be delayed if proponents can't overcome lingering concerns about safety and security, as well as regulatory restrictions. A Florida woman was busted last week for walking into a stranger's yard to relieve herself and went even further. The homeowner called 911 to report that she was sitting in her yard with her two kids when Tammy Roseman strolled onto her front lawn, pulled down her part, pants, and started peeing. The victim shouted at Roseman to try to chase her off the property, but rather than leave, Roseman turned to face the woman, shouted obscenities, and began touching herself in a suggestive and aggressive manner. Ooh, Tammy! Tammy, stop peeing in my yard. (laughs) Deputies arrived on the scene and the 46-year-old suspect was arrested on charges of disorderly intoxication and exposure of sexual organs. Black Panther is still going strong, holding down the number one slot again in North America. The film has been out for more than a month and brought in another 27 million over the weekend (laughs) for a total of more than 600 million in the U.S. and Canada. Black Panther also closing in on just over a billion dollars in ticket sales worldwide. Tomb Raider placed second in its debut weekend with 24 million, so it brought in less in its opening weekend than uh, Black Panther after a month. Wow. Uh, the the faith-based movie I Can Only Imagine, A Wrinkle in Time, and Love, Simon rounded out the top five. Roger Daltrey of The Who has his first solo album in 26 years due out on June 1st. As Long As I Have You includes his bandmate Pete Townsend on guitar on seven tracks and is a mix of Daltrey originals and covers of songs by Stevie Wonder, Stephen Stills, and Nick Cave. The title track is out now at digital retailers and streaming services. His last solo studio album was 1990. 92's Rocks in the Head.
And finally, Snapchat co-founder and CEO Evan Spiegel's net worth is down nearly $150 million since Rihanna dissed the social media app. Pop star badmouthed Snapchat and told users to delete it last Thursday. Its shares fell almost 5% over the next two days, which lopped off close to $150 million from Spiegel's net worth, but probably won't affect his lifestyle. He's still worth an estimated $3.8 billion. Rihanna took aim at Snapchat after the app released an ad asking users if they would rather slap her or punch Chris Brown. Brown is Rihanna's former boyfriend who pleaded guilty to assault for violently attacking her back in 2009. Sunny low 50s today. It is 36 at DVE. Uh, you know, let's just uh, say... Yeah, what I tell you? Not like you never heard that song or didn't know, but... Yeah. That was actually my first time hearing that. Yeah, song. no, no kidding. Well, yeah. it's it's a good one. Um, all right, so look for Roger Daltrey's uh, solo album, stuff like that. I always feel compelled to be like, all right, well, I got to give it a listen. Yeah, you know? of like course. I'm not terribly excited about it, but I owe it to Roger Daltrey to listen to it. Well, one. how much do you, how much do we sit here and bitch about these rockers living in the past and just remastering their old stuff? Then they come out with a new album. They're like, ah, what's this guy think he is? Yeah. Like, well, Jimmy Page is the one that I always harp on, but, you know, it was pointed out to me. Um, well, it wasn't pointed out to me. I listened to an interview uh, with Sturgill Simpson, and he's kind of a musicologist. He was talking about what a, like, businessman Jimmy Page has always been. And then I just got to thinking about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, maybe, you know, this is how he gets his rocks off also by just making money and churning stuff out then, you know. It's not like it doesn't have historical precedent. I mean, that whole band started as a big business capitalization on the Yardbirds fame. Maybe he spends a lot of money. Jimmy Page? So he has to make a lot of money. Black Magic stuff might be expensive. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and young girls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he's got very, very, very young girlfriends. Like, creepily so. If it were today, Jimmy Page would be Chris, not even Chris Brown. He'd be R. Kelly. Yeah. Ooh. It, it, same with Ted Nugent. Mm-hmm. Wait, was there urination involved? No, but just right. the younger girls. I don't know. There might have been. I don't know. Black Yellow magic? Who knows? <laughs> He's got a lot of magic. He's a weird dude. Weird, weird guy. Uh, who's but, who's more of a businessman, him or Gene Simmons? Oh, Gene Simmons. Gene I Simmons. Think, yeah. Is it that they're, he's better at business or it's just more blatant merchandising with Simmons? Well, way more blatant with Simmons. I yeah. mean, he has, he'll hawk a doll. You right. know what I mean? Like, he, he... Oh, yeah, they have pinball machines. He, there is no caskets. shame. <laughs> There's nothing he won't sell with the KISS logo on it. It's kind of crazy. Um, how many KISS caskets are there out there? Like, how many people are buried with KISS caskets? I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine a lot. I can't imagine a lot, but then again, who knows? I mean, I hear stories all the time when people are like, really? You're going out like that? Okay. No, mm-hmm. fine. Like, people who wear their Steelers jerseys and stuff like that, I'm like, eh, okay. Yeah, well, that makes, I don't know. I don't know. It's a little if you grew up here, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> yeah. But even that is like, as much as I love them, I don't know. I wouldn't want the Penguins to get mad in the afterlife. Like, oh, Steelers, huh? Mm-hmm. Just Steelers, huh? Yeah. Like, no, I have a Penguins thong on. Everybody settle down. <laughs> Later in the show, John Clayton will be joining us. He's a senior writer at ESPN.com, and uh, he's got a brand new podcast that he's been doing. He's a host over on uh, 710 ESPN. Did we move 970? 
or seven ten. P- the hell's that? That's Gene Simmons's news. Oh, is it ESPN Kiss FM? Oh, it's Seattle. <laughs> See, um, oh, I thought ESPN, that Seattle. I thought it was school. Seattle and schooled was the name of the podcast. No. <laughs> I'm an idiot because <laughs> the way it's written there. Yeah, uh, the uh, uh, that's Braddock's own John Clayton. The Athletics Mark Caboli also will talk about the Steelers' latest signing. Michael have more on that later. We're recovering from St. Patty's Day weekend. We had the big celebration. Uh, the, we rode in the parade, which just ended about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> uh, but it was so much freaking fun. We'll tell you more about it later. But It really was. Uh, thanks to Chris and Liz, uh, our contest winners, who were so great. Wasn't it? Li- I don't think it was. I think it's Jessica. Chris and Jess. Jess. Did I say Liz? Oh, my God. I thought her name was Did you call Liz. her Liz all day? Twice. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm like, oh, that'll be easy to remember. And anyways, good they, people. They were so great. Oh, they were so awesome. And we had a blast on the float and hanging out with Sean Casey. And he did not did not disappoint in being a complete bonehead. <laughs> Basically, this song is the personification. Well, he is the personification of this song. I want to rock. <laughs> it's the DV morning show. I think my favorite part of the parade was when Sean Casey, for some reason, threw two handfuls of hard candy up into the air onto an elderly woman who was wearing a hard hat, like a, like hard, a construction hard hat. No, like a, uh, a like a plastic, uh, like oh, a green plastic top I, hat. I see. So he perfectly lobbed all the candy up into the air, and it rained down on top of her <laughs> hat and made a noise like nails hitting. Oh my god! Just rained all over her. And hey, sweetheart. Just, Want some Tootsie Pops? And here's the thing. They weren't Tootsie Pops. No. Second of all, I don't think she wanted them. No. Thirdly, he did about 10 things like that that made me laugh. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so funny. He was... Uh, he th- At one point, he threw hand cream. Again, how do, why do we have hand cream? He threw hand cream, little container, two stories up in, on top yeah, of a building. Yeah, there were some bros hanging out on top of a building. That was before we even really started the parade. And we were such boneheads. We didn't know we didn't start the parade. We were throwing out so much stuff. Yeah, we were still in the lineup area. We're idiots. We got to pace ourselves. Hey, it was our first parade. Let's not be too harsh on ourselves. Yeah. We're idiots. But was Sean, is Sean Casey just made for a parade? Like, (laughs) you mean? Kind of is a parade. He's built for it. Yeah, he's a one man parade. He just, just is. Uh, we had a blast. It was great to hang out with, uh, with the winners. And uh, thanks um, for My question for the parade even started. I just did a binge drinking story before you guys made it in here. Yeah. How many people in the, not watching the parade, in the parade were hammered? Because <laughs> oh, I saw quite a few. Oh, yeah. In the parade. In Participants in the parade. I mean... I you would say, say we were we weren't hammered, but we had a few beers. I mean, mm-hmm. but we, you know, in our defense, we did have a designated driver. Yeah, a huge <laughs> yes. flatbed we weren't truck. Behind, we weren't behind the wheel, although we were dangerously, like, just hanging on the edge of this open flatbed truck. There were several times it wasn't, swerves. Well, you know why the one time was because people were running across the street in front of the truck. Yeah, and the guy had to stop. I'm like, what are you people doing? If I was yelling, admonishing people on the parade route. I mean, use your head. And the amount of stuff people will do for free anything. Candy. 
<laughs> we had bags of chips and and like smarty arties. I don't even know what what are those? A fruity tooties or something? I don't even know. At one point, <laughs> we ran out of stuff, so I had people start throwing them into a box that I had. I was like, "You guys throw us stuff." And then I'll throw it back. I'll throw something back to you. But then people just started throwing their coffee cups and stuff like that in there. Throw well, something into the box. I know. Get something out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good deal, I thought. It was a great deal. I mean, you never know what you're going to get out of the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? I mean, if, a lot of times I had necklaces in there, but people were throwing good stuff. And I was like, thanks. It reminded me when I was a kid and we ran out of candy and my dad would make us go trick or treat and get some more candy to bring back and... <laughs> Give out to the people. <laughs> so we didn't have to give them Arby's sauce. By the way, next year, Arby's sauce. We should definitely throw Arby's sauce packets. I This is this will only make sense to you two. I woke up on Sunday, emptied my pockets, because I definitely fell asleep in my jeans. Emptied my pockets. I had like three Fruity Tooties, two mustard packets. <laughs> oh, for the and sandwiches. A, and like a quarter of a sandwich that was all wrapped up in cellophane squished in my pocket. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Dude, you threw that in your pocket, that sandwich you did? For sure. That's I mean, hilarious. When I wasn't throwing sandwiches at people, which by the way, you saw someone who knew someone that you knew up in Erie. I chucked a sandwich at her. She one-handed it. Oh, that was awesome. She, like, A-B'd it off her head. She's like, I shoveled your dad's driveway. And I was like, why were you at my dad's house? And then she didn't. She goes, well, we were just shoveling people's driveways. And I was like, that's cool. And then you whizzed a sandwich right at her. like, she, I don't know if he paid her. Maybe he stiffed her. Here's a sandwich. Looked like Casey at first base. She, she did the stretch, <laughs> one-handed it. Uh, we had a blast. It was so much fun. And uh, it was long, though, Val. They need to Longest do something about ever. that. They got to do Literally. something. Longest we, ever. We were in the back of the parade. And by the time we were done, I would say, originally I said 65% <laughs> of the people were there. I think it was more like 35% of the people. Yeah, it was not as crowded as I expected. I'm like, where is everybody? Probably smart of them to put us way in the back. The news estimated there were over 300,000 people. Not when we were there. No. I think that they could make the, the participants of the parade a little more exclusive. Yes. Well, we might be excluded then. That's fine. That's you know what? Yep, that's fine. It's the greater good. Yes. I'd ra- I'll I'll give it up. There's got to be an Irish affiliation more than just you have a green We're car. We're a little bit Irish. WDVE. No, oh, I mean, the WDVE. Oh, oh, WDVE. Oh, WDVE. <laughs> like what? The the rock I can't roll. even do it. Oh. Oh, Daddy Boy. I had to sing Danny Boy to wedding one time in college. These college kids got married. And I played at their wedding, and they're like, "You got to sing, Danny Boy." And I'm like, "I don't sing really." And they're like, "I know, but you're playing the piano, so you got to you got to sing." <laughs> Why would those two things correspond? Because I like I did happy hours and stuff like that at the first at, at Penn State. And, Come on, and, you can uh, play the keyboard. So they're like, "Yeah, go on, you you do all the dumb, uh, you know, sing along songs." And I was like, "All right, I'll do Danny Boy." And I totally mangled the words, and I felt so bad. But you wanna you wanna draw the ire of the Irish? F up, Danny Boy. They uh, are like at a wedding. Oh, my God. I've never checked to see if those two are still married. I guarantee it. They're divorced, and I was the bad luck. <laughs> uh, the parade on Saturday, three and a half hours. That's too long. And it yeah, was way too far. Here's the thing. We're used to cold in Pittsburgh, but that it, was it would not. You couldn't get warm. I don't know what no. it was. It was only 30 whatever degrees with the wind chill. I don't know if it was like there was moisture in the air or what it was. But it was freaking cold, man. Well, 
and not you think the parade is three and a half hours. The I stopped at a tailgate on the way to meet you guys, mm-hmm. and they had been there at seven thirty, and the parade didn't start until ten. Yeah, oh. that's just crazy. So you know, you got six right. hours in at that, least. That five is and a half. Just you, crazy. You texted me at like five o'clock at night and basically said, "I just got warm." Oh yeah, and was, that's how I, I felt. Could not. Thank God Tim was outside because I had the heat jacked up. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> I think I was asleep at nine o'clock or no, it was like ten o'clock. Just fall asleep on the couch, but I stayed pretty. I wasn't hurting on Sundays. No, I stayed away from shots. Yeah, I just that was my rule. I, I knew I was at the tipping point. You typically don't go that hard. I was. So I had you the, had like at least four mimosas <laughs> yeah. that I counted. I got real bossy there. I'm like. Bring me a mimosa. <laughs> I mean, listen, when Mama Bear orders, or makes an order, you best deliver. Thanks, Bill. I know. I was like, well, I didn't know how we were going to get it out of the bar, <laughs> first of all, to get it to Val. I was already three in at that point. So. I was kind of well, thinking that. I'm like, that. tell you what, this will be, Val's going to be right at the tipping point. I would have loved it if you were hammered on that. Flatbed truck. Oh, well, that would have been. I don't think that would have been a great no. idea because then she would have felt like dancing, losing, <laughs> and I would have easily lost my balance. Yeah, you didn't want to. By the end of the parade, I didn't know what to do. We'd run out of candy and everything, and I just picked up letters that we had on the thing, and I was <laughs> like, "It said yeehaw because we were on a bazzy truck." And I don't know. Next year, I think we can think it through a little bit more. But it was so fun. But for the quick turnaround, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, they they hooked us up pretty For something good. I definitely did not want to do, it was a lot yeah. of fun. So thanks to Schultz Ford. Yeah, they made it for us. They did. They really did. Because the reason I didn't want to do it is because I thought we're going to be on a crappy truck or we're going to be like, you know, bouncing around like there were, I thought cattle. the ride was pretty smooth. And it totally was. It and was. it was comfortable. There and it was, was not just, like. Just that one time when those people darted into traffic. Yeah. Yeah, that one point right on Liberty before yeah. Liberty turned to Grant. Yeah, it was like uh, that was the only part where it was shaky, and the rest of it was completely enjoyable. Yeah. It was great. All right, we're going to do a quick break. We'll come back. Mike Pursuta with your sports. Steelers signed a linebacker yesterday. Uh, Pens uh, off until tomorrow. Full report to NCAA action coming up next. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuta has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. They're down to 16 teams, the Sweet 16 in the NCAA basketball tournament. Bob Huggins and the West Virginia Mountaineers among the 16. WVU taking care of Marshall 94-71 to last night to uh, advance. Uh, West Virginia will take on number one seed Villanova in Boston at 727 on Friday night. That game will be on TBS the fifth Sweet 16 for West Virginia under Bob Huggins and the third in the last four seasons and the eighth time WVU has gotten this far in 12 tournament appearances since 1998. And uh, if you don't think the Sweet 16 is all that big a deal, think again because the mighty have fallen repeatedly in this year's edition of March (laughs) Madness. Uh, Take a look at the South Regional, for example. Kentucky is the highest seed remaining of those four teams, a five seed. That group also includes Nevada, a seven, Kansas State, a nine, and Loyola of Chicago, an 11. In the West, Michigan is the highest remaining seed, a number three seed, 
Also, Gonzaga, a four. Texas A&M, a seven. And Florida State, a nine. Uh, the eastern side of it, uh, the eastern and Midwest, a little bit more normal. Villanova's a one. Texas Tech, a three. The Mountaineers, a five. And Purdue, a two. And Kansas is a one. Duke's a two. Clemson, a five. And Syracuse, an 11. Uh, just yesterday, for example, North Carolina, Michigan State, and Cincinnati all eliminated. That's uh, 10 combined national championships. Wow. Down the crapper. Also, Cincinnati the, wet the bed. 22-point lead wasn't enough. Uh, also, the all-time Cinderella, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, lost to Kansas State yesterday. But that the first time a number 16 has beaten a number one when uh, the Retrievers knocked off Virginia. Nice. Did you happen to see Darren Rovell had a tweet about a guy who bet $2,000 at the halftime of that Cincinnati game? To win like 20 bucks. To, in order to win 20 bucks, because it's like, ah, whatever, I'll pick up a quick $26.74. And then he lost all $2,000 because they blew the lead. And had he turned it the other way, he would have won $22,000. That's why they call it gambling. That's why, yeah. It's not called winning. No. It was called winning a whole lot of more. Why would you ever it. throw two thousand bucks up with a chance of losing it for just twenty two back? Yeah. What kind of moron? That doesn't make any sense. What, what do you want to buy a round of drinks or what? In Las Vegas, that's barely a drink. <laughs> Pay for parking? I mean, what, what are you trying to do with that bet? Just dumb stupidness. Crazy stuff. Uh, I, I thought uh, Villanova and Duke really impressed me. Yeah, in Nova the, looks in the tough. Pittsburgh region. They look like they are firing. But, hey, you got to stop now and then reset, change locations. Uh, you never know in this tournament. That's what makes it so compelling. UMBC was uh, really the fun one to watch just for the fact that, you know, first time ever a 16-1, but also because, you know, every once in a while, a 16 team, you'll know who they are at least. Nobody had any idea who those guys were. No. Well, and just the thorough nature of it, that wasn't some guy hitting a shot from half court. They beat that the snot. Bounced off the backboard and the rim right. and up in the air and rolled around. They, they dominated that game. Yep. Just how does that happen? You need Virginia five, couldn't you need five guys at a time. There's a lot of people playing basketball. Yeah. And coaching staffs have gotten better, and schools are putting more money into it, pre-scouting and things like that, and all the leagues are getting better. And you just don't know. That's why it's, uh, for my money, at least must-see TV. Oh, yeah, that was fun this weekend. Has there been a buzzer beater yet? couple. Yeah, there's been a couple. Michigan pulled one off. Um, I didn't see anything Saturday. Nothing. Michigan hit a three- Got the ball back with, I think, six seconds left and hit one from between half court and the top of the key. Yep. They beat. And then... Houston. Okay. Houston. Who did you guys Houston. lose to yesterday? Syracuse. Oh, that's a go. tough That's a tough opponent, man. Well, and then, you know, the other, the other that game was reflective of... They're always how, a tough How out. you have to show up. Michigan State shot 49.6% on the season from the floor. 25.8 yesterday. You can't do that. From 3.40% on the season, 21.6 yesterday. Wow. Half of it was that Syracuse zone, the fabled zone mm-hmm. of Jim Beheim, and half of it was they just didn't knock down open looks like they had all year. And you get one shot, it's not uh, a best of seven. Texas A&M was just beating the snot out of 
North Carolina yesterday. Yeah. And, and you look at the teams that are out. People, a lot of people were picking Michigan State to win the whole thing. A lot of people were picking Arizona, Virginia. North Carolina won it last year and is always a, a contender. They're all out. They're all out. West Virginia still in. Penguins uh, get back in action on Tuesday. They're at the Islanders. Then they host the Canadians Wednesday, the Devils on Friday, and the Flyers on Sunday. Uh, the Caps have 89 points to lead the Metropolitan Division. The Pens are second with 87. Both Washington and Pittsburgh have played 72 games. Philadelphia is third with 85 points in 73 games. And here come the Columbus Blue Jackets, 83 points in 72 games. Columbus has won 8 out of 10 in the scoring race. Evgeny Malkin is now tied for second with Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid. All those guys have 89 points. Nikita Kucherov has 93. And in the goals race, it's Patrick Laine and Alex Ovechkin with 43 and Malkin with 40. Steelers uh, stuck their toe in the free agent waters yesterday and came up with inside linebacker John Bostick, a reported two-year deal. Uh, He kind of sort of fits their free agent profile. He's uh, played four years in the league, so he's a guy who was presumably at that stage of his career where he's ready to take off and improve, but it's been kind of a checkerboard uh, initial run in the NFL for Bostic, who is 6'1", 246 pounds. He started out as a former second-round pick of the Bears in 2013. Uh, never played 16 games in two years with Chicago. Uh, played just 11 with one start for New England in 2015 due to injuries. Didn't play at all in 2016. But last year, he started 14 games for the Colts and had uh, 57 solo tackles and 97 total tackles. Uh, they badly needed bodies at that inside linebacker position and still do, but uh, the situation a little less dire today than it was before the Steelers. And he was on his way to lead the uh, Colts in tackles last year before an injury? Yeah, but he played played and started 14 games. So hopefully he's over that stuff and uh, they can start repopulating that position. Pirates played two games yesterday in Florida and lost them both 5-2 to two. To the Blue Jays and two to one to the Red Sox. The Bucks are eight, fourteen, and two on the spring. They've got the Twins in Bradenton today. Nick Kingham scheduled to get the start for the Pirates. And uh, in college hockey over the weekend, Robert Morris defeated Mercyhurst five to four in overtime in the Atlantic Hockey Semifinals, and then lost to Air Force five to one in the. AHC Championship game, so the Colonials uh, denied a trip to the NCAA tournament. Penn State gets an at-large bid. Uh, the number 13 Nittany Lions will take on number 4 Denver on Saturday at 7 o'clock in Allentown. Number 5 Ohio State and Princeton are the other two teams in that Allentown Midwest Regional. Uh, the two winners will advance uh, to play one another for a spot in the NCAA Frozen Four April the 5th and 7th in St. Paul, Minnesota. That is your DVE Sports. Thanks, Mike. Val, what do you got coming up? Well, how much money does it take to be personally happy? We'll talk about that on uh, at the top of the hour. Sunny, low 50s. Today, it's 28 at DVE. John Clayton, senior writer at ESPN.com, and he's got a show out in uh, Seattle, but he's Braddock's own, and he uh, received uh, a, is it an accommodation, a uh, commendation. What is it? 
he got uh, it was John they gave, Clayton Day. They gave him an accommodation by giving him a commendation. 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 There you go. Yeah. All right. Yesterday in Braddock, yeah. So we'll talk with the uh, the professor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 7.45. Uh huh. Uh huh. Seven forty-five. Mark Caboli from uh, the Athletic also doubles down on sort of the state of affairs for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. And uh, we'll uh, continue to get over the nine-hour parade we were a part of Saturday, St. <laughs> Patty's Day. It was good times. It was long though, and some news about Comedy Fest when we come back. TV. The amount of stuff people will do for free anything. Candy. <laughs> we had bags of chips and, and like, smarty arties. I don't even know. What, what are those? A fruity tooties or something? I don't even know. At one point, we ran out of stuff, so I had people start throwing them into a box that I had. I was like, you guys throw us stuff, and then I'll throw it back. I'll throw something back to you. But then people just started throwing their coffee cups and stuff like that in there. Throw well, something into the box. I know. Get something out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good deal, I thought. It was a great deal. I mean, you never know what you're going to get out of the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. We did have uh, some people threw us beers, which was nice, along the parade route. Um, some oh, jello were, shots. I was going to say, you guys were eating jello shots. I did. That eat. somebody handed Jello shots from a stranger is one of the more riskier things I've done. <laughs> Turns out <laughs> they were title. Jaeger jello shots. Oh, my yeah. word. Which I've never even heard of. Typically, you use like a flavorless, like a vodka. In a jello shot so that it tastes like jello. Instead, you basically had a deer blood jello shot there. <laughs> yeah. Blood. I mean, it looked like oil. It really did. I thought it was root beer. I didn't eat, uh, I did not go for I, it. I didn't either. I oh, looked, I did. I looked fat and I was like, oh, phenomenal. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it was you or Casey ate it and then the had like jello shot all over his leg. Oh, yeah. It was for sure Casey. Casey <laughs> did it and then he was like, fire me another one. <laughs> We'll and the talk, guy threw another one at him. We'll, we'll, we'll get a little more in-depth about Sean Casey's performance this past Saturday at the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Um, Spoiler alert, it was stellar. Yes. Did he go to Kegs and Eggs, or did you guys start at Harp and Fiddle? We started at Harp and okay, Fiddle. Okay, so you didn't go somewhere before that. Uh, that no. was the plan, I thought, at Originally, first. we were going to meet at the saloon for Kegs and Eggs up in Mount Lebo, which is like a legendary one, and usually in honor of you know our friend Mary Beth mm-hmm. Beggy. So I thought that would have been a good way to start it, but time constraints yeah. were uh, working us against. Harp and Fiddle was awesome. It was. Oh, yeah. It was great. Every year. I thought it was going to be way more crowded yeah, early. I, yeah, me too. And it, it started to pack up as we were leaving. It always does. I think. I mean, we, it was already filled. It was but. already full, but like. A loose full. Yeah, you could get a beer mm-hmm. fairly easy. I know later in the day it's an absolute bleep show. But we, I think we just missed a crowd there before the parade started. It was so much fun. I have to say, I I had a blast. That was a surprisingly great so. Like, yeah, I thought it would be like okay. At has most, it, has anybody heard from our winners Ooh. since yeah. then? Well, I haven't, but somebody did. Okay, Anthony got an email. Oh, okay, good. He's been talking to. So them. they're all. I don't think they made it to the wreck. <laughs> I mean, did <laughs> but did they fit day. in with our crew or what? Wow, they, were, they were perfect. I wish every winner could be cool like that. Not that you all aren't cool, but a lot of you aren't. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a lot of you aren't built for the 12 hours of hanging out with Sean Casey. You never know. I'm not. No, you, no, I'm not. No, I'm, but no, but it could have been like a person who got totally hammered. Right and off the bat. And we had to bat. babysit. Yeah. Yes. 
And it that was not it at Passed all. Passed out on the hay on right. the, on the <laughs> parade ride. That's all I mean. And they were they were anything but that. They were they were completely yeah, they cool. Were cool. And we had a blast. Uh thanks to Schultz Ford. They gave us this really cool truck. Richard Bazzi. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, thanks, Richie. That was thanks really to cool. Permanis. Dude, the Permanis. Harp and fiddle. Harp and fiddle was Harp great. and Fiddle gave us to go sandwiches, which saved my life. Yeah. Because if I didn't have that thing about halfway through the parade, I would have been struggling. <laughs> yeah, I saw Anthony walk out with two bags of stuff. I'm like, what is that? I didn't throw anything off the side of that truck for about the first half of the parade. I was just sitting there eating sandwich. And then I was offering a bite of my sandwich to people. And I was <laughs> alarmed at how many people were willing to come up and take a bite of the sandwich. Who wants to bite this sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> and you had takers. People were like, I'll bite it. I'll I'm take like, a no. bite of that. What is it? Roast beef? <laughs> sure. So, but Val was like on the other side. We were separated by bales of hay, and you guys were on. Well, the you got to face each side dri- of the right. Parade you guys were on yeah, the driver's side. Get and we were the on the passenger route. side with our winners. Once you get yeah. up onto Grant, it was so fun. And the parade was a, it, the the beginning of the parade was in a different uh, location this time because there was a hockey or there was the basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. NCAA, so they didn't start up at the arena like they they do normal years. Didn't you think it was way smarter to do it the way they did? Yeah, I'd, for sure. Like, why would they ever not do it that way? Unless it's a it straight totally shot. Jacks up the strip, maybe I don't know. I, it didn't seem to. I actually, oh, when Bill party. and I were Ubering down there in the morning, I'm like, dude, it's gonna be just packed down here, and then we drove right down. Yeah. Well, my Tim, we left our house at like nine o'clock, and I thought there's going to be no traffic because everybody's already in place, and that's exactly what it was. We zipped right into town, no yep. traffic at all. Uh, eight. How many people did they say were there? Were you going to say eight hundred thousand? Yeah, I knew that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same people that figured out how many people were at the Penns parade. What, what I it heard was three was million. I heard over like three twenty something. Okay, which seemed a little high. Well, all right, we'll, we'll get into it in a second, but. There's no way there were that many people when we were in the parade. <laughs> we, we were everyone within the city limits. Or? We were the last float. No, we weren't. Last well, man, we were wave of floats. Yes, we were the last we were wave the of last, floats. And last bracket. It was not good in terms of uh, attendance. There were a few times we were on Listen. Boulevard of the Allies, which should have been the most crowded part, mm-hmm. and there was like three people just staring at us. Right. I'm like, I'm here's, so sad for you people. This here, must be a disappointment. But here's why I loved it. Is because by the time we we got up to people, it was only the diehards that were left. Yes, and they were arguably having the most fun. I yeah. bet. It, I bet if it had been ten degrees warmer, it would have been packed. Like people would have stayed. I don't know what it was. I mean, we've been out in those temperatures before for Steeler games and stuff like that. But something about that high twenties, thirty degree weather with the wind or mm-hmm. whatever it was, it was impossible to stay warm. Isn't that historically, though, how it always is? It's either freezing rain, snow, some kind of sleet, or it's 80 degrees and sunny, and it's too hot. Well, there was an article in the paper yesterday bitching about how long the parade was. And I think that most people think that. Three and a half hours. Way too long. Way too long. And if that means we can't do it again, so be it. Then by golly. No, make I we'll want make the sacrifice. I want to do it again. I just want to I want to do it now that we know what to expect. I think we can do it better. Let's Casey, find a shorter parade. Casey is one hundred percent in. He had a blast. <laughs> He's like, I can't wait to do this again next year, bro. You know, I'm like, all right, well, 
Let's come up with a better plan. See, I think he'll buy a huge thing for us. Like, <laughs> I think we'll a have tractor a tractor trailer. It might be. I think we should have a floating or not a floating, but a uh, like a dunk tank on wheels. Oh, my God. Are <laughs> oh you my insane? Dude, if it's that cold. But what if it's like a hot tub? Okay. And then change my mind a little bit on that. Yeah. I mean, people are throwing stuff at us no matter what. Everything they told us we couldn't do, we totally did. And mm-hmm. people were, and everything we told wouldn't happen kind of happened. Yeah. It was free for all. But then again, maybe for the beginning of the parade, law and order uh, was Prevail. uh, prevailing. But. I like your idea. If we get like a just ducky boat or something. Or a bounce have, house. And have <laughs> bastard bearded Irishman I want the Irishman. acoustic set. Yeah, I want the Irishman on our. Why acoustic? Well, because if they have electric. If we have amps. It'll be. It might be too loud, but then again, no. For like shouldn't noise we be too loud? Well, we should. They had be, a marching bands. I know, but if the uh, you know if amplifiers, you'll drown out a marching band. Is my point? Okay, well, turn if it down. If all to you five. can hear is a rock band in the parade, they won't be. People won't be happy. Then we should have our own marching band. That's allowed. I'll play the clarinet, dude. Let's do that. All right, let's get a marching band next year. How about we um, we'll take a bunch of bobcats out with us <laughs> and let them loose. And just no, let them a, loose. No, that's guys. That's a terrible. How idea. did that happen? Val's got news right now. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. 11. It's 30 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Several lawmakers are backing Special Counsel Robert Mueller and his investigation into Russia's alleged involvement in the 2016 presidential election. Appearing on several Sunday morning talk shows, the legislators said they don't. Don't want President Trump to fire Mueller. Arizona Arizona Republican Senator Jeff Flake says he hopes his colleagues will support Mueller and completion of the investigation. Illinois Democratic Senator Dick Durbin explained any efforts by Trump or by his counsel to stop the investigation needs to be resisted on both sides of the aisle. Well, this is a weird story, which we have alluded to a little this morning. Pittsburgh Animal Care and Control officers say they had to remove a bobcat that somehow got on board Gateway Clipper boat The Empress Sunday morning. A spokesperson says the bobcat was found before passengers were scheduled to board the boat. The bobcat was safely captured and taken to Animal Rescue Wildlife Center in Verona. According to the story on Channel 11's website, it's the first bobcat seen in the city (laughs) in years. Officials don't know where it came from. Was it just trying to go see some spring foliage up in uh, Catania or something? Is it eating deer? I don't think they're big. I mean, if it was an already down deer, maybe they're not. They could that kill a big. deer. That cat didn't look that big. No. You don't think they could kill a deer? No. I think deer it's more kind of dumb. It's more startling. Like, where the hell did this thing come from? Yeah. And is that out on the and trails? Awesome. I need to know this. I'm out there running, so I don't wh- want to get attacked. Where did they take the cat? To the uh, rescue center in Verona. And they're going to release it. Animal Rescue Wildlife Center. That's they, there once they was a bobcat in Verona. That could have been if a limerick. Could have been a limerick. If it's not injured, I'm sure they would release it right away. I mean, do you feel bad for a bobcat that's just thrown out into a different home all of a sudden? Just <laughs> I relocated. Could probably adapt. It's like Bobcat Ice came in there and got him. They are wild. They are wild animals that they, can do fine. They probably have instincts that will. I'm confident. Get them through. Where are they going to release that thing? I don't know. What drew it? Onto the clipper. I don't know. Maybe it was chasing river rats. Maybe. Probably river rats. It's a cat. I don't know. Cats like mice and rats. And there's some big ones down there. Bob rats.
or uh, I don't know, are there weasels in the river here? There's Musk, weasels mus- everywhere. Muskrats. Town is ridden. There's weasels everywhere. Look out. Pittsburgh's I think it's pretty fascinating. It is. I just don't know, like, where where's the rest of the bobcats? <laughs> don't they hang out with other bobcats? Or is uh, this I don't a scenario? Know if they travel in packs. You know how people buy like exotic animals. That's like what this? I wondered. I think that it could be something like that, where oh, guys somebody cut it loose. Who would yeah. do that? Who would who would want a bobcat? A lot of Dude, people. People have, collect yeah. exotic animals, and I have no idea why. I don't know how it's legal. You just buy a tiger. I don't. I, it's not. Is it? Yeah. yeah. In Ohio, I, mean, I don't. It's, I'm sure the ordinances are different in every community, yeah. but. That crazy dude that lived in Zanesville had 56 animals. <laughs> How was that legal? Lions and tigers and bears. That's oh, what they, my. And they monkeys. had on the uh, highway signs when that guy's animals all escaped. Yeah. They're like dangerous animals on the loose. How did you not no, think No, they somebody- didn't even say dangerous. They said exotic. Oh, exotic, yeah. Like they were strippers. Yeah. <laughs> Completely misled <laughs> that whole tassels. town. <laughs> Ooh, oh, exotic. Oh, Who that's is nice, it? honey. They got some exotic animals. Mm. Kids, look out for the exotic. <laughs> 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 it's 19 malnourished Mufasas. Yeah. <laughs> it's not exotic. Yeah, I don't know how that's allowed. I don't know, but uh, we're making the assumption that that's what that this was a you know a pet at one point. It could be a wild bobcat. Totally. Uh, we'll I don't have, think, we'll ask, we'll ask I somebody don't, who knows. I don't think that a bobcat can take down a bear, a deer. Some of those city Says deer are—they're a little bigger than a hefty house cat. All right. Could what would you do if you saw a bobcat? You're out in the trails, getting a nice little hike in. Is it attacking you? Yeah. Is my do dog, they attack? Is my dog with me? Yeah, they'll attack. Could you handle it? All of a sudden, I know about bobcats. Yeah, they'll attack. <laughs> <laughs> I just Googled, are they native to Pennsylvania? And that's too long for me to read. All right. Don't worry about How it. Unless much... it was Bobcat Goldthwait, I don't know if I could take it. Why are you so fat? <laughs> <laughs> How much money does it take to achieve personal happiness? $95,000 seems to be the perfect salary for personal satisfaction. That's according to researchers at Purdue University and the University of Virginia, who surveyed nearly 2 million people. They found individuals making this amount each year are best able to balance work and personal lives. Study also suggests that earning between sixty and 75000 lends to emotional well-being. In the U.S., the average household income is about $65,000, and 75% of workers earn less than $75,000. People don't always think things through completely. A New York State man is in trouble after his backyard sword-making attempt started a huge inferno that damaged more than 20 buildings. John Gomez confessed to unintentionally sparking the blaze after binge-watching uh, the History Channel show Forged in Fire, <laughs> which they make swords. Uh, oh, no. So he thought he could make his own sword. While acknowledging that uh, Gomez wasn't on the hook for first-degree arson due to lack of premeditation, a judge still sentenced him to one year behind bars. He'll also have to cough up an as-yet-undetermined fine to pay neighbors back for the damage he did. Guys watching it like it's a how-to documentary? No, this is not. Hey, there's going to be a Renaissance Fair around here soon enough. <laughs> I do like that show, though. I've never seen it. I don't watch too many shows like that, but that show is hilarious. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, they make swords, dude. Uh, you know. And then, like, 
get judged on it. And then, like, there's a couple of different judges that, like, do all this stuff with their sword and test its, like, like how Toughness. how sharp it is and... The integrity of the Yeah, blade. the integrity of the blade and whatnot. But they like cut watermelons and stuff. You know, they do all this like weird stuff. Ginsu, they reenact Ginsu. No, they had like, I remember they had something <laughs> hanging and they're like chopping, see how many chops it took. I think they have like a dummy and they're like trying to see how, like, what vital organs it can break through. Like medieval Gallagher? Yeah, like it's like a, it's like a mannequin that has bones. The same density as like a person's rib cage, and it, they go to see like what kind of damage it could do. Like samurai training. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, this sounds eerily <laughs> familiar to a Yinzers in the news story from last year. A West Virginia woman is in trouble after getting caught in a bathtub in someone's home. The sheriff's department in Fayette County, West Virginia, says they were called to a home early last uh, one morning last week in Beckwith after somebody found boots. And then found the medicine cabinet open in the bathroom. <laughs> Officers allegedly uh. nabbed Catherine Akers in the tub once they pulled the shower curtain back. Multiple charges are in order. Deputies say they've made several arrests in that general area after break-ins recently. Rub-a-dub-dub, there's a, there's a mountaineer in my tub. What are you doing in here? Uh. Nothing. I just popped a couple off up in the tub. Guys like me and my family and the people on the street and, and around the surrounding area are the ones that get get left in the back. You know what I mean? In a tub. Hopefully it's not toxic. It got to the point. She made a clean getaway. <laughs> we, I can't. Uh, yeah, we, we have to restock Can our Yinzers in the News B-Bar page because there's so many. Yeah, but I need the Smurf, the legend of Smurf. Oh, he said he Jimmy the lock. It's not on there. Talk him about <laughs> Avengers Infinity War demolished Fandango's record for best-selling superhero movie in the first day of pre-sales and needed only six hours to do it. Previous record holders were Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Black Panther. The latest trailer for Infinity War hit the web on Friday. Avengers Infinity War opens on April 27th. People were freaking out about that trailer. Apparently, this is like the coup de grace of this series. It's all coming to a head. There's a thousand people in it. Every single character that's ever been in a Marvel movie is going to war. And people, you know. Are they warring each know. other? I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We watched Thor Ragnarok. I, I heard that was great. I haven't seen it yet. I think it was sad. You know, what I like about these movies is there's humor in them. Yeah. Right. Somebody like, told me not, Thor was funny. Yeah, it was pretty good. I was, I'm into I was it. in and out of a mimosa haze. Well, we but watching. now you got to see all this. Like you got to see what eighteen thirty-one film. I yeah. don't know how many of them they made. Seems like one's coming out every week. Keith Richards took time out from the Rolling Stones Thursday night to perform at the Love Rocks New York City benefit at the Beacon Theater in New York City. That show raised money for God's Love We Deliver, which provides meals and nutrition counseling for people with severe illnesses. That bill also included Ann Wilson, Donald Fagan, Billy Gibbons, Cheap Trick, Warren Haynes, Robert Craig, Gary Clark Jr., Nora Jones, Mavis Staples, Emmylou Harris, and several others. Nice today, sunny, low 50s, but the spring roller coaster starts with uh, tomorrow rain and snow on the first day of spring. Oh, and temperatures in the mid-30s. It's 28 at DVE. The DVE Comedy Fest is sold out. The June 29th show at the Byam Theater. 
We are out of tickets. But fear not. We may be announcing some more uh, shows here over the course of the weekend. We're going to make it a true mm-hmm. festival that has always been a bit of a misnomer in the past because we've only had a couple of shows. Uh, but it was festive. I don't know if it was a festival. Well, we're doing our best to actually festivize this. <laughs> so uh, details on that forthcoming. But thanks, to everybody, who jumped on board early because that Burt Kreischer, uh, Brad Williams, Rory Scovel, Saratiana, and Bill Crawford show is now sold out. Sponsored by SouthHillsAuto.com, Disaster Restoration Services, CW Electrical Services, and Dawn's Appliance. Thanks to those guys. And everybody that bought tickets, a portion of the proceeds of those will benefit It's About the Warrior Foundation. So. Good stuff there. Beautiful. Mike Pursuta in next uh, with a report on the tournament. Sweet 16 is set. Steelers sign a linebacker. Buckos uh, spring training. And then John Clayton, senior writer at ESPN.com, the professor, back in the Berg. And he'll join us live in studio at 745. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuta with your sports on the DVE morning show. Sweet 16 is set, and it's probably uh, not what anybody was anticipating. Is it ever? Some years uh, more than most, the NCAA tournament has reached the Sweet 16. Uh, Teams that didn't make it this far include Virginia, North Carolina, Arizona, and Michigan State. That'd be a pretty good Final Four most years. (laughs) Yeah, A lot of people had those teams in their Final Four this year. None of them got out of the second round. And uh, West Virginia is still alive and kicking the Mountaineers. Defeated Marshall last night, 94-71, to to advance to another Sweet 16, the third time in the last four years. WVU's gotten this far, the fifth time under Bob Huggins, and uh, the eighth time in 12 appearances for WVU, 12 tournament appearances since 1998. You know, the tournament is uh, it's all about the matchups, and uh, this matchup that West Virginia's going to have now with Villanova, number one seed, Villanova 7-27 on Friday night at TD Garden in Boston. It's going to be fascinating because Bob Huggins is probably going to wear what he usually wears, which is a West Virginia pullover, you know, wind jacket type of thing. Mm -hmm. And Jay Wright is going to wear a suit that's more expensive than most people's homes. (laughs) (laughs) So the coaching matchup is fascinating, as is uh, the play on the court. Uh, I mentioned all those teams getting knocked off the high seeds. Uh, your Sweet 16, uh, in case you're still following your bracket, if you haven't trashed it already. On the left side, South Region, region, you should have Kansas State against Kentucky and Loyola of Chicago against Nevada. Nobody has that. <laughs> the second one in particular. In the West Region, uh, Florida State against Gonzaga and Michigan against Texas A&M. In the East, it's Villanova against WVU and Texas Tech against Purdue. That one's Pretty much, pretty chalky there. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those those teams were anticipated by a lot of people. And in the Midwest, Kansas against Clemson and Syracuse against Duke. Uh, I was uh, watching as much of it as I could around broadcasting the Robert Morris hockey over the weekend. And Villanova and Duke to me looked like they were firing on all cylinders. Clemson looked pretty damn good too yesterday. I could never. I mean. It's hard for me to tell any upstarts. You know, you watch UMBC blow out Virginia, yeah. and you think, "Well, I'll tell you what, that's the kind of win that you build on." That wasn't a lucky thing where they hung in there. These guys believe they can do it. Obviously, uh, they'd be a good pick for tomorrow, and then they didn't. That that Maryland Baltimore County team lost by forty four to Albany. Yeah. in the regular season, forty four. 
To Albany. Yeah, not the Cavaliers, Albany. <laughs> well, they look gassed after that Virginia game. Like, you know, that was their moment. Yeah, I wonder how you even recover from something like that. Because you can't tell me that team went into the tournament thinking, yeah, we're going to the Final Four, we're going to win this. We're going to sure, beat I'm, the number one overall seed. I'm sure they were very excited to be there and they were competitive and all that. And they, you know, after you beat, how do you? What's next after you beat Virginia? Right. How do you? How do you get it all back together two days later? I don't know. That's why I love this tournament because they have to. They got to figure out a way or they go home. That's what made it so fun to watch. Yeah, it's uh, th- this is uh, a typical year, but maybe even a little more so than most years. And we had never seen uh, a Baltimore County, a number 16 seed, beat a number one seed, Virginia. And, uh, man, poor Virginia. They're going to have to live with that forever. Ha-ha. Every year it's going to come up. The best part about UMBC, UMBC is that their nickname was the Retrievers. Yes. It's just like a terrible name for a school. We're the dogs. Hey, think? Yeah, Retrievers. It's just so Everybody specific. likes Retrievers, right? No, but it was like Fetch. Fetch. <laughs> Fetch, well, fetch, a, fetch. Like, what do you... you got a cool logo. On. The dog's kind of got yeah, a scowl. Yeah, but what's so tough yeah, they about the it? the best unis in the in the, the in kid the retrieve things. You yeah, know. they're adorable is my point. You can't have an adorable <laughs> mascot. Rocking the unis from Teen Wolf. Well... <laughs> they did have the, the Teen Wolf unis. On the bright side, I don't think their uh, logo or their, their mascot are ever going to be protested. Well, that's... Well, oh, don't... I said I don't think. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I don't think. Oh, no. Pete will probably have an issue with it. <laughs> Maybe it's <laughs> right. okay to have a cartoon effing dog as your mascot. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, Penguins are two points behind the Capitals as uh, they get ready for a busy week. Washington has 89 points. The Pens have 87. Both teams have played 72 games as the Metropolitan Division pennant race comes down the home stretch. The Pens are at the Islanders on Tuesday. They've got Montreal here Wednesday, Jersey here Friday, and Philadelphia here Saturday. The Pens have recalled forward Josh Turris from AHL Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. He had played in a couple of games with the Penguins after being acquired from Carolina at the trade deadline. Matt Murray practiced on Saturday. He has missed the last nine games with a concussion, but his absence may be about to come to an end. Carter Rowney is out with a what the Penguins are calling a longer-term upper body injury. Evgeny Malkin is four points behind Nikita Kucherov for the points race lead. Uh, Malkin is tied for second with Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid in the goals race. It's Patrick Laine and Alex Ovechkin with 43, Malkin with 40, and William Carlson of Vegas with 39. Steelers got uh, a linebacker in free agency. They have agreed to a two-year deal with Jonathan Bostic uh, pending completion of a physical today. It's at least depth at a position that the Steelers badly needed depth. Bostic was a starter last year for Indianapolis. 14 starts in 14 games. Then he suffered a knee injury that prematurely ended his season. He had 97 tackles. He has been with Chicago, New England, Detroit, Indianapolis, and now Pittsburgh. He's played four NFL seasons over the last five. Missed 2016 entirely after he fractured a foot uh, in Detroit's camp. Um, He was a second-round pick out of Florida by the Bears in 2013. Since then, he has been traded uh, by the Bears to New England for a sixth-round pick and by New England to Detroit for a conditional seventh-round pick. Uh, 
For what it's worth, uh, this was the Detroit Lions podcast assessment of Bostic entering free agency. Quote, although he has prototypical athletic ability, Bostic couldn't be further from the new school linebackers of Atlanta or Jacksonville. He's a liability in coverage. Bostic is too easily exploited in coverage to be relied upon as a starter. He's best suited as a backup who can do all the right things behind the scenes and serve as a good example of how to handle your business the right way. He'd be a reasonable bargain on a low money, low guarantee deal. And uh, Detroit Lions podcast, again, for what it's worth, considers Bostic a backup you can win with. Mark Caboli of The Athletic will join us at 845 to further discuss sort of this whole scenario and what we could see playing out with the signing and, yeah. you know, if uh, he shares that same sentiment. Sounds to me like a guy that he can play next to Vince Williams if that's the best you got. Ugh. Or until, I was hoping he was better Or until than the Williams. really good inside linebacker <laughs> that you get in the draft is ready to start. I like your phrasing of it last hour, Mike. They're repopulating the position. Yeah, got to, right? It's, uh, you got to have options. It? you got to have options. Well, I guess they've kind of reconfigured things, but it would seem to me that I still don't understand why they didn't try to move T.J. Watt to middle last year and then just put Harrison on the end. I know Harrison wasn't, you know, the Harrison of old, but he was still effective enough. I guess if you can't drop back into coverage now. Yeah, they, the did, not, do- they did not trust Harrison in coverage is, I think, the answer to your question okay. there. Well, they, now was that, you know, they gave up forty five doing it the way they did. I know. So. I just kind of feel like, all right. Well, how about we adapt, and, and, and instead of like working around the system, let's work around the players. And TJ's your your you know a phenomenal athlete. I mean, kid's a mutant. No, I don't think you could ask too much of him. Yeah, you know, no. he lined up inside a lot. They moved those guys all around. I, I don't. I don't think it was, you know, steadfast adhering to the system that got him beat. They just they could not function without Shazier. They couldn't stop the run without him. Yeah. And that led to the breakdown of everything else. Now, Bostic has a great reputation as a run stuffer, downhill, smash and bash kind of guy. Um, 6'1", and I think he's uh, shade 246 over. 246 or something? Yeah, 246. So it's a start. Uh, People didn't jump up and down in this town, Mike, when we signed uh, Potsy. Right. James Ferrier. Yeah. And, and I remember reading his task and being like, yeah, guys, this guy's really, really good. Now, this is not, he does not have the same pedigree that Ferrier did coming in. No, but they're not totally dissimilar. I mean, Ferrier was the number one pick. This guy was the number two pick. And if you're thinking, well, if he had such a good year for the Colts last year, 97 tackles, why are they getting rid of him? They are switching from a 3 4 to a 4 3. Okay. So, fair enough. His. His value in Pittsburgh is probably a lot more than it is in Indianapolis, especially given the uh, the nature of that inside position here with the Steelers. Uh, Kyle Chalky over the weekend. Robert Morris beat Mercyhurst 5-4 in overtime, then lost to Air Force 5-1 in the Atlantic Hockey Conference championship game Ice Saturday Force. night. Huh? Ice Force. <laughs> uh, seventh NCAA tournament in 12 years for Air Force. Robert Morris beaten in the championship game for the third straight year. Penn State is in the field of 16 as college hockey counts it down to the Frozen Four. The Nittany Lions take on Denver on Saturday at 7 o'clock in Allentown. If they survive in advance, they'll get the winner of Ohio State-Princeton with a spot in the Frozen Four at stake. Uh, Bucks lose to the Blue Jays 5-2 to two and the Red Sox 2-1. to one. How about that? They lost twice in one day to two different teams. Who wants to lose two? They're getting ready for the season. <laughs> 
They've got uh, the twins in Bradenton today. Good deal. John Clayton, the professor from ESPN, live in studio when we come back here on DVE. Delivery by 319. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Full house uh, in studio right now to welcome our next guest, who you no doubt remember from, uh, well, his uh, many, many years of service at ESPN, where he still works to this day. But Slayer fan extraordinaire, John Clayton, uh, joining us right now. And favorite son of Braddock, PA, where you were honored with your own day yesterday. Yeah, I got a Sunday. How about that? That's pretty awesome. Beautiful. All right. So first of all, welcome. Thank it's you. Great to see you. And uh, congratulations on getting your own day. How did that go down? I was stunned. I mean, what ended up happening is Mike Denunzio, who lived right down the street from me on Camp Avenue in Braddock, said, hey, can you come over? We had a few people want to see you. And this was, of course, I had no idea mm-hmm. this was going to be a surprise. So they dug up 30 mm-hmm. people that either I was, you know, pretty much going to school with or growing up with. And so they were all there in Braddock. And it was just fantastic being able to see them. And then right toward the end, they came over and they gave, read the plaque and all that stuff and said that uh, the day has been named after me. And it's like the, the mayor said, you know, John Fetterman, it's like, uh, we would have given you the keys to the city, but somebody stole the keys. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it was, gr- it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how like how markedly different is the Braddock of today from the one you grew up in? Uh, well, it wasn't great back then. Uh, at least back then, I think we were number one in violent crime. Oh, okay. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, so we at least had a good rating. But right. I was just stunned how many <laughs> how many buildings have been you know torn down on Braddock Avenue, mm-hmm. and because again, so many businesses have, are gone from there because it used to be uh, everything was so busy because there were so mm-hmm. many you know great stores and all that. Then you know everything everybody started moving out. But I guess now it's kind of a, a little bit of a resurgence because, you know, some people are starting to move back. They're starting to do some more things. So it's getting to be more positive because I guess once they were down to like 2,200 people in Braddock, I mean, it was getting bad, but it looks like it's starting to rebound a little bit. And it was great to get back. Uh, You, of course, years of service here in Pittsburgh, too, right uh, on the Steelers beat. Uh, Should be noted tonight, Point Park University, you're going to be at the Talkback Series. Right. uh, Which is, did you go to Point Park? No, I went to Duquesne. Duquesne, okay. Uh, This is going to be held at the Point Park University Pittsburgh Playhouse in Oakland, 7 p.m., and you're going to be talking about your career. Where did it start? What was the first real gig you had? Well, the first real gig was in 1972. Uh, I was writing for the St. Mary's Daily Press because what happened, I went up there in the summertime and then was writing all the stuff during the summer when everybody's on vacation. I'm doing all the softball games and uh, all the different stuff like that. And so I was able to get a press pass that Dan Rooney and Joe Gordon approved. And so I would send two stories a week. You know, again, I, was, I was at Churchill High School still being a student and also you know, going down there for the press conferences. No kidding? Yeah, going to the games and all that. And, of course, uh, the great part was that uh, you, know, you, you have to be objective. You can't be a fan when you're doing this stuff. And so uh, here's the immaculate reception. We're down in the auxiliary press box, <laughs> and it's all coming down right toward me. And, you know, you got a few writers who are fans that are in the auxiliary press box. They're standing up and cheering when Franco's coming toward the end zone. I turn around to the PR guy from the National Football League, hey, I got to see a replay. That's an illegal catch. And they was like, what? Are you kidding? Because, again, you know, the idea yeah. is to be objective in this stuff. And even though it wouldn't have helped the Steelers if they would have said it was an illegal catch, uh, I, that's the first thing I needed to find out and see if right. it was. But, uh, yeah, so I started doing that. And then in the press box, I met uh, 
Nick Overdorf, who was a play-by-play announcer for the Pittsburgh Condors, the basketball team. And so then he had me do the stats on the home games for the Condors. So one thing led to another, and then I was going to go to Syracuse, got a scholarship there. New house. Yeah, but then what happened was I'm thinking, no, wait a second. Why do I want to leave Pittsburgh? Because here's all these freelance opportunities that I can at least go to school, go to Duquesne, and be able to continue. So I had 25 jobs when I was at Duquesne. (laughs) 25. 25 jobs. I was the main uh, stringer for AP Radio because I'd go to games and get interviews and then do live reports. I was doing sporting news stuff when I was 19 years old. I was doing some SI stuff. So you were the Cameron Crow of the of the sports world. Yeah. You were the yeah. almost famous except Pittsburgh sports. Yeah, and I, like I and I worked at the you know, I did stuff for the Beaver County Times, the Pittsburgh Press, and so I had like 25 jobs through college. And then once I got to my uh, senior year. Jeff Samuels came walking over to me, who was a writer for the Pittsburgh Press, and says, hey, this is in January. They said, they're going to hire you. I said, really? That's good. What job? Because I didn't apply. And so they hired me to work the overnight desk editing and also covering pit basketball. So, you know, here I was, like I would come over to Duquesne after, you know, being up all night and, you know, catch a class at 8 or 9 o'clock, try to stay awake, which I didn't, you know, probably falling asleep in the back of the room. But, I mean, it was just great to be able to have the opportunity. So when did I start? It was technically 1972. Before that, you know, uh, at Churchill, I was doing the PA for the uh, basketball games. I was writing for the school newspaper. I was doing the PA for the football games. You paid your dues. Yeah. You did it all. Yeah. So now you— Tonight, right, before we get too far from the, what was it like covering Dr. J with the condors? What's that? Oh, it was great. <laughs> well, no, it, it was because, yeah, you know, Bubby Brister was there, and it was like, it was phenomenal. Um, oh, that's awesome. What do you think would you characterize as the defining sort of uh, moment in your career to this point? What was the biggest thing you worked on? Because I can't imagine at this point, not that you're not yeah. going to be breaking something big, but you're not... Um, you're not impressed easily now. I mean, you know, you're yeah. not starstruck or anything, but I would imagine there had to be a turning point early in your career, like, wow, I've arrived. I, I don't, I, I guess I'm too, I'm from Braddock, so it's like, I'm kind of humble. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if you ever think that you arrive, but I think that, uh, you know, once you got a chance to, you know, get on a, a beat, you know, like on the, I remember on the pit basketball beat, uh, I kind of, uh, Tim Gergerich was the coach then, and then on all of a sudden he vanished for like about three and a half to four weeks. We didn't know where he was. And so, you know, you had to kind of weave through some things and write that story and, you know, go to Bob Hill, who was the filling in as a coach. And, you know, Tim just needed some time away just to, uh, regroup and all that stuff. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you go through these tricky stories and, you know, that's the, the great part about the writing part of it. I mean, there's so many tricky stories and, you know, back when I was covering the Steelers and all that, I mean, it really wasn't a full-time year round sport because there right. wasn't free agency. And so I would do things like either cover basketball or get on investigative reports. And I remember, uh, I've, broke a couple race fixing stories over at the uh, you know at the racetracks well, that had to make you nervous well, yeah, oh yeah because you know, mm-hmm. what happens is you go into these real quiet areas and you don't know if you're going to come back out alive yeah you know, you meet somebody, <laughs> it's like, oh boy meet me over here and you said uh jopa kicked you off that oh beat. yeah well after one year joe joe paterno kicked me off the beat at penn state because you were too good 
Well, I don't know about too good. Oh, you were they breaking stories. Breaking yeah. stories. Yeah, because I was, I was getting phone calls from all these people. You know, hi, I'm a barber here at uh, State College. And it's like, did you know that Giuseppe Harris just got kicked off the team? Make a few phone calls, confirm the story. Uh, did you know that Pietro Harris got kicked off the team? And this was a year where they went 7-4. and four. They went to the Liberty Bowl. And at the Liberty Bowl, and he even had to break this story, one of the players went over to some guy's, took a rental car, went over a guy's house and broke in. And the guy happened to be a gun collector. And so the police had to come over with him pointing the gun at the player. And then so I had to go down to the police station and get the report and stuff like that. I mean, it was just a crazy year. That was the year that uh, Joe Paterno was out there trying to uh, get into politics. Oh, I remember. And I was the one, because we would have a, off-the-record session, and I always honored off-the-record. I never broke off-the-record stuff. And so it was like, okay, we'd have these little get-togethers on Friday night, and I would ask, I said, Joe, are you really going to give up college football for politics? And he says, I'm not going to give up college football to the Barry Switzers and Joe uh, Jackie Sherrills of the world. And I, that happened twice. We, I did it once at State College and once down in Maryland. And uh, all of a sudden, somebody got word in that room to Jackie. So Pitt's playing Penn State. And what ends up happening is Jackie comes walking over to Joe before the game and says, well, uh, sorry, I'm ruining your political career. And Joe just got furious. So he probably thought I leaked it, and I never did. Right. Somebody else in the room did. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I think that was like the final straw. So John Troen, who was great as the editor of the Pittsburgh Press, was also a big Penn State supporter, said, uh, okay, well, we'll take uh, John off the beat, but we'll put him up back on the Steeler beat. There's no industry that is not completely different from what it was 30 years ago. But how is your industry, sports media, uh, mm. different for the better and What's worse about it now? Well, I mean, the better is now there's so many different avenues that you have because, I mean, you have podcasts, mm-hmm. you have, uh, you know, whether you could just write on the Internet. I mean, there's just so many more opportunities, which is great. And the information is so much better because, again, there's so much more stuff that's available. People the, seem to have an insatiable appetite for it now, too. Oh, yeah, no question. But now the tough part is it's changing so fast because a lot of it because of the millennials, because, you know, the millennials were able to do the things that we weren't. I was not able to do. I mean, I couldn't get cable on demand. You know, they can get cable on demand on the cell phone now. And so they're so smart about that. But it's changing the way that the medias are starting to do. Because, again, the Nielsen ratings don't compare. They don't extract things that, are, that isn't on television. Mm-hmm. And so you see declining ratings, but you don't know for sure if it's a declining audience. And so because of that, there's such a, a turnover of how things are going to be. I mean, you can see just from the way, you know, the cable is now starting to shrink as far as that goes. And then you can also see, you know, just the different ways to try to get to things. And so you have to kind of stay current on that stuff. But that's what the ever-changing thing is. That may be more of a negative, ultimately may, may, may be more of a positive. Do you think ESPN is now headed in the right direction? Have they kind of regrouped? And They're uh, regrouping. They're still in the process of getting there. And eventually they will because they've got such a great brand. Mm-hmm. And once they finally get the things totally streamed, then things are going to start to go so much better because mm-hmm. I think what they're uh, less than a year away from getting that done mm-hmm. and you know you can see they're already trying to maintain a I mean they bought part of Fox to get more programming and that so they're going to come out with a great brand like that but until that happens I mean you know 
it's not their fault that they're losing like 10,000 cable subscribers uh, a, a year because a month or a day. That's happening on a consistent basis to mm. everything. And so adjusting to that, because it's not just ESPN, it's just the whole cable industry, mm-hmm. you know, that has to be uh, the thing that's a negative. But once they get the streaming stuff all lined up, then things are going to start really bouncing back in a positive way. How do you think, uh, well, let me ask you this. Of all the stories that you've worked on through the years, I'm sure you've ruffled some feathers. Oh, yeah. Do people still hold grudges? Oh, yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> after their careers are done? Oh, I'm yeah. sure guys from the 70s and 80s weren't playing anymore. I mean, it, yeah, it's... it's uh... <laughs> It's funny because I like real small stories like D'Angelo Williams. Remember him, the running back? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I saw I, I interviewed him on radio on ESPN radio. And he says, you know, by the way, I didn't like you for years. I said, really? It's like, why? He says, well, in my rookie year, uh, you went on the air and talked about me fumbling. I said, yeah, you fumbled. And he goes, yeah, you talked about me fumbling. and I'm not a fumbler. And so for four years, I hated you. I didn't like you at all. And. They and it's like, uh, then all of a sudden, you, I, I heard you say a couple things, and I thought then maybe you're okay. And so that's why I did this show. I just wanted to tell you, I didn't like you for four years. That sounds like D'Angelo <laughs> Williams, yeah. And so it, it was funny. And then I saw him <laughs> at the uh Super Bowl, and so he kind of walked over and said, D'Angelo, how you doing? And so he was doing some streaming stuff and all that, and so he he pulls me into his game show. <laughs> so I guess we're okay, okay. Well, that's good, <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike was shooting in the studio with us here, I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh. Uh, relinquish. Go Michigan State. Well, next year we'll get them. Yeah. Uh, I just say cu- that every year. I'm curious about your opinion in the NFL right now. What we saw in the playoffs, Minnesota had a really good defense and eventually got lit up. Yeah. Jacksonville had a really good defense. Pittsburgh lit them up even though the Steelers lost that game. Uh, Philadelphia had a really good defense and got lit up in the Super Bowl, made one play. Mm-hmm. Are, are we now finally at the point, you know, this, it's been an, a league trending toward offense for a long time. But people always held on to that defense wins championships yeah. thing. Are we now at the point where you got to bludgeon them with offense? Yeah, I mean it's been that way for really since two thousand and one. Yeah, but yeah, I mean you'd have, you'd have but, a Denver or Seattle yeah, they can, come in you know, there. They and, always say they always say defenses win championships, and that's not the case. Quarterbacks win championships. Now <laughs> the bad part is this year with the backup quarterbacks like Case Keenum and all those backups that have had success, everybody thinks, oh yeah, you don't need a quarterback. No, you need a quarterback. The quarterback's the one who's going to get you the championship because what happens is if you've got a good defense and the other team has a good defense, it's going to be the quarterback going back and forth in the fourth quarter that wins the big games. You know, and Nick Foles did an incredible job in a short period of time after being terrible in the early part of the fill-ins. But again, it's still a quarterback-driven league. And so you can see if you're going to have uh, bigger playoff games there's not going to be as many penalties there's going to be a little bit more offense and because of that you're going to have more scoring and again you know like Bill Belichick apparently uh, forgot the fact that you're supposed to have some kind of a defense because <laughs> you know he traded away all his defensive playmakers like Chandler Jones and Jamie Collins and I was wondering for like two years when is that going to catch up to him caught up at the beginning of the season and it definitely caught up to him during the playoffs in the Super Bowl because he just didn't have any playmakers but that's been the case now really since uh, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady changed the game really into more of a quarterback-driven league. I mean, you know, it started back 
in the uh, 80s with, uh, you know, Bill Walsh in the West Coast offense. And then it proceeded once, you know, there was that downturn from when the 83 quarterbacks started getting old to a point where you get to late 90s and all the quarterbacks are old and, you know, you have to go to NFL Europe to go get a, a new quarterback. But Peyton changed things. Tom Brady accelerated things. Men came in with the 2004 class, and then it really became a quarterback-driven league. I mean, when you think about it, what, since 2001, uh, the, the only AFC teams that have won Super Bowls have either been either Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, and, uh, you know, uh, Joe Flacco. They're the only ones that have won Super Bowls, and you're talking now 15, 16 years from the AFC. The other thing from this year that I can't, Stop thinking about New England did this for years. They had Tom Brady in a cast of whatever right. changing parts. <laughs> Philadelphia, not a lot of all pros on Philadelphia, but everybody can play. Yeah. Well, and, it, and what's amazing was they show people a different way to build a roster. In other words, you don't have eight or ten guys that you're paying a zillion dollars to, and everybody else's bottom of the barrel. Well, no, they, they actually try have, to even it they, out. No, they, they they have they lead the league with fifteen players making more than sixteen million six million a year. I mean, they've got more high-paid guys than just about anybody. I mean, Fletcher Cox is you know, one of the highest-paid defensive linemen in the league, and you know they didn't have to pay a quarterback because they drafted Carson Wentz. But what they, what happened is two things went brilliant. I mean, Howie Roseman started cleaning up all the mess that Chip Kelly had with the cap and the sign. Because I remember I went to their training camp at the beginning of the 2016 season, and I'm looking at their team, and I thought, <laughs> man, this team has great starters. Then I looked at the backups, and I said, they're terrible. They have no backups, none. Well, Howie Roseman went out, and he started loading up the backups. You know, The brilliant play calling of Doug Peterson, and again, he did this with a phenomenal staff because Frank Reich was there and John DiFilippo was there. I mean, he just had a smart room that was outsmarting everybody on the field with his play calling. So you have the combination of a, a better team that Howie Roseman put together. I remember, you're picking up Jay Ajayi in the middle of the, uh, right before the trade deadline, and he comes in, and it was a great running back for them. And so they just kept on adding and adding and adding, and then Doug Peterson did such a great job of uh, play calling that it all clicked. And, you know, the imagination, I mean, he and Sean McVay basically, you know, gave the trend of what you need to have it to, if you're a new team, you need a good offensive coaching group and a good young quarterback to be able to build from, and both those teams had both. And that's how you overcome losing your starting quarterback. That's supposed to be a deal breaker. Your left tackle, that's supposed to be a deal breaker. Yep. Your best linebacker, that can be a deal breaker. Your kicker, it didn't seem to matter. Your return they, guy. Yeah. yeah. Didn't but, seem to matter what they didn't have. No, but then but then that was Howie Roseman that made the move to get Nick Foles back from uh, – and at, and they work with him, and they did such a great job, at least in the playoffs, of getting him through there. And so that made uh, – again, the play calling was incredible. John Clayton, ESPN Tonight, Point Park University, the Talkback Series, 7 p.m. Tickets online at PittsburghPlayhouse.com. And is there going to be like a Q&A with the audience? Yeah, absolutely. Is it going to be moderated at all? Bob Pompiani is going to be doing the moderation. Ah, Pop, of course right. he is. Unbelievable. And by the way, present military and has free tickets. Oh, that's great. Yeah, for anybody that can come over for free tickets, 412-392-8000. Please give a call. But if you're in the military, past or present, we want you there. John Clayton, ESPN, PittsburghPlayhouse.com. Be prepared to answer a lot of questions about good. Mike Tomlin tonight. You know what, John? <laughs> I got a question. 
That's tonight. PittsburghPlayhouse.com. Hey, man, it was uh, great to talk with you. Thanks for hey, making thanks. it in here today. All right, Fowl's got your news next. We ran a little bit over because uh, the professor's here for crying out loud. What are we going to do? Quick break. We'll be right back. DVE. It's 30 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by ChooseNissan.com. Vladimir Putin will rule over Russia for another six years. At least, wow, I'm yeah. guessing. He won what his government is calling a landslide wow, re-election yeah. victory yesterday. This will be Putin's fourth six-year term as Russian's, uh, Russia's president, second only to dictator Joseph Stalin. He'll be 71 when his latest term mm. ends. I didn't think he was that old. Mm-hmm. How long has he been running things here? I can't remember. <laughs> a nationalist, communist, and two liberals were also on the ballot Putin reportedly won 74% of the vote. You probably, you know, you go in, if you pull the lever for those guys, sarin gas just comes out of the (laughs) voting machine. (laughs) I didn't read the whole story because it was in the middle of the night and I woke up and was just flipping through Twitter. But did you see that they think that that poison, the UK guy, the Russian spy, it came through the car vents? Yeah, they put it in his car vent. That is insane. Yeah, that's like a, terrifying. Yeah, they're just murdering people all over the world, hacked into our grid. We're just, they're they are basically, they just put their penis in our soup and they're just stirring it around. <laughs> How do you like that? How do you like that? Hmm? Whatever soup just it is, it... it's penis soup now. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, I'm guessing neither of you watched the two-night Aaron Hernandez documentary that aired on Oxygen over the weekend. No. <laughs> no. My mom did, though, and it. couldn't stop talking Are about it. Are you kidding it. me? Oh, my God. She was like, Aaron Hernandez. And I was like, give me some context. Oh, she um, just said that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. I'm like. Okay, what, what what did you see? <laughs> what are we talking here? Give me some context. I didn't set my... Uh, DVR. DVR oh. or my reminder, but I just stumbled upon it, so I watched a little bit of it both nights. Uh, it's a new documentary claiming former NFL star Aaron Hernandez was gay, and le- that led to a sense of self-lo- self-loathing and mental anguish. Hernandez committed suicide in a Massachusetts prison cell last year where he was serving a life sentence for murdering his fiance's sister's boyfriend. Here's a clip from the documentary. This is one of the lawyers who defended Hernandez in the second murder trial, uh, the double murder trial in which he was acquitted. This guy's name is George Leontire. I'm sorry, Valerie. Here you go. Aaron and I talked about his sexuality. This man clearly was gay. Acknowledged. Acknowledged the immense pain that it caused him. I think that he also came out of a culture that was so negative about gay people that he exhibited some self-hatred. Yeah, that's just crazy. Man. I know those rumors had been raised, but I was stunned to hear his lawyer say that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, usually if, like self-loathing gay guys just become like vice president or something. They don't <laughs> usually going to become murderous thugs. Well, Hernandez's wife, Shayana Jenkins Hernandez, says she doesn't believe he was gay, but regardless, the rumors are hurtful and embarrassing. The former Patriot also suffered from CTE, a disease linked to repeated blows to the head. But look, Not that's... Not only in football, but you know, a lot of sports. That's, uh, that's messed up, but like that's exactly why homophobia can be so dangerous, you know? Right. Not that like everybody who's hiding their sexuality goes on to be, you know... 
multiple a murderer. multiple murderer. No, but, but wasn't that the rumor about the the Pulse nightclub guy who went into that that gay yeah. uh, nightclub and yeah. killed a bunch of people? Yeah. But if you combine that, you know, any torture he was feeling with the CTE. Right. Yes. It was like a a perfect storm. Yeah. And the culture that he grew up in. He Mm -hmm. was like, you know, this gangster. Boy, I tell you, I don't remember what article it was that we all read back then. I feel like it was a Rolling Stone gangster in the huddle. Something like that. Yeah. Whatever it was. The the title of the, I remember it like it was yesterday because it was so unreal, just so harrowing. It was, it was called gangster in the huddle. Well, I don't remember what magazine it was in. His upbringing was atrocious. Yeah. And then he became this physical specimen, this monster who could basically just beat the hell out of everybody. Well, that's what this documentary was like. He was a man among boys in high school. Yeah. Like he was built like a man. And uh, so imagine what was going through his head back then. Mm-hmm. And uh. Yeah, it was. I, I believe it was in, in Rolling Stone. It's great, though. I mean, if you want to read it, which is probably why your mom was like, Aaron Hernandez, because that story is so oh, remarkable, yeah. is, if that was her first exposure to I don't, it. Yeah, I don't think she knew anything yeah. about him and then watched that, or at least the first part of it. Mm-hmm. It is incredible, because he stayed kind of connected to the streets for a long, long time, and it was real. It wasn't some sort of, you know, tangential connection to stuff like... Well, even his coaches, like... dealers. Tertiary, what? Yeah. Yeah. Major. His even his coach, like Urban Meyer down in Florida, was like trying to get Tim Tebow to hang out with him. Like maybe some Jesus can rub off on this kid <laughs> because he was just. Turns out he just wanted to. Ru- Never mind. Yeah. No, a different <laughs> thing. Yeah. Uh, Wait, what do you want to do with Jesus? Arrests and emergencies during the St. Patrick's Day celebrations in Pittsburgh reported to be relatively low this year. A public safety spokeswoman says police were needed to keep the peace in only a few minor incidences on Saturday. Those were both Sean Casey. (laughs) Three summons were handed out. Eight arrests, which were mostly for drunk or disorderly conduct. A few emergency calls related to intoxication falls and others were made. I'd love to know the, the relationship between... Crazy crimes and the temperature. Like, if it was warmer, would there have been way more arrests because there would be more people out? And yeah, probably yeah. more public urination, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, that's really the big one: public urination. Yeah. And I didn't see too much of it, but half the more than half the parade was cleared out. I think yeah. by the time we made it through there on our float. If we would have seen public urination, it would have been so flagrant. Because somebody would have basically just had to have on been liberty. being yeah. on the sidewalk, like out in the open. Casey was worried about that, too. By the way, best moment by far, Sean Casey in the parade. We were waiting for a long time to get going. And so we finally kind of get moving, but we had to go from like 23rd Third. in Liberty to where it turns into Grant. Mm-hmm. By the bus station. And that's where the parade really started. Mm-hmm. But all that way... Moving really slow. So we'd had a few libations at that point, and now we're on the we're just sitting there. Just a few. We're like he's like, oh, dude, we don't have any tunes. <laughs> he's like, No tunes? And I was like, Yeah, I didn't even think about it. I thought like I don't know, the tr- the truck up front would be blaring tunes, but it's not. We couldn't really hear it. He was playing music, but, but yeah. We not audible to us. And he's like, Oh man. He's like, Let's I'll just play some on my phone, dude. I'll play some on my phone. And then he's like you guys like Bob Seger? You like Bob Seger? So, like, nobody, I like, I wasn't even saying anything to him at that point. He's just going through it, and I'm, like, just kind of chuckling and whatever, getting the lay of the land. And the next thing I know, like, barely audible 
beautiful losers playing out of a phone. And he's just Casey's We're all huddled around his iPhone. He's sitting on a bale of hay playing beautiful loser. And I'm like, Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you really rock it out. He's like, Oh my god, I'm pathetic. Look at me. It's like that, that movie, loser. I Love You, Man, where he's like, prepare to be Russified, and he plays it on his computer, yeah. and the speakers just aren't loud enough yeah, it, to it, have an impact. He was just playing Beautiful Loser on his phone, and we were barely moving, and there was nobody around us. I'm like, this isn't the rocking time we thought it was. It's like three guys left in the woods, and somebody just has a, a gif of a fire on their phone. You guys, huddle around. <laughs> The we'll other, get warm. The other thing that was hilarious was the the two handfuls of hard candy up in the air, at, lobbed perfectly at, at the old lady who had oh. a plastic Irish hat on, like a big like derby, and may or may not have been cross-eyed. Hadn't I don't think was expecting anything. He's like, "Here you go, Grandma!" Boom, throws it up in the air, and it just rains on her head, and it just you just hear tap 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 tap. Oh my god. Candy flying off of what her head. That? Well, throwing those fruity uh, tooties is so funny because even if somebody wants them, you throw like a, a handful of them and they just rain down all. You can't catch them all. They were all over the street. I'm like, oh man, what do you go get some of that street candy? And then I almost had several people willing to take a bite of my sandwich. <laughs> That's how much people want free stuff. I mean, a lady ran up to our truck. She goes, I need potato chips for my kids. And I was like, you're doing it wrong then. I don't know what to tell you. Praise been going on. You got to ration this out. Three hours. You don't have potato chips? <laughs> well, this is a bizarre story. A man dead after playing a so-called punching game with his buddy at a San Diego gas lamp quarter bar. Police say the 27-year-old collapsed inside Jolton Joe's bar on Saturday after he and his buddy repeatedly hit each other. The friend stayed at the bar and cooperated with police before being taken to the hospital himself. No charges have been filed, and that incident is still under investigation. That's crazy. Oh, that's yeah. Terrible. A punching game? Insane. That's not like circle. Like, look through the circle? No. But you ever uh, seen that slap game that people play? Yeah, but that's like competition. That's competitive slapping. Well, this is like the bro version of that. Let's just punch each other in the in chest. The, in the in the chest? I don't know. I, I'm assuming know. the guy had a heart attack. Probably. I I didn't read anything lengthier than this, but I'd, I would imagine he passed out and hit his or knocked oh, out and hit his point. head. Oh, good point. Yeah. Love at first sound. Well, a new dating app called Waving is offering a new way to find your perfect match once you set up what you're looking for in a potential partner. Instead of showing you pictures of the potential mates, the app plays a recording of their voice. I like it. So you can say yay or nay based on what you hear. Hey, girl. <laughs> black What's mirror. happening? Very Black Mirror. Trying to see if you want to. Why is that Black Mirror? That's, that's... Go to Hula Hands this Friday. This is how it starts. They just start matching you up. They're like, here's somebody who is sonically compatible. Well, no, you pick your. Yeah, that's fine. Happy hour. It's, you know. All the apps you can. Don't get you want to see on. the person? Well, sure. What if I if they sound you so probably sexy, have to pay you to get can't that. resist? No, you don't. Or they sound like Fran Drescher. Yeah, hard pass. Then you go for me. Swipe whatever direction it is. For a guy, it would be a lot harder because he'd be like, "Oh, that's annoying as hell." But she have a rack. <laughs> I would go with the Scott Harbaugh and just do. A, Tonight we're gonna have a really good time. <laughs> 70% chance. <laughs> Just do it like a weather forecast. Spunny showers. Mm. 
Authorities on Long Island say a woman pulled up to a window Friday morning and ordered a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Elizabeth Ildefonso was not at a fast food joint, but she was at the joint. Ildefonso allegedly drove up to the security booth at Riverhead Correctional Facility in Suffolk County and placed her order. On closer inspection, deputies said that she had dilated glassy eyes and a white powder on her nose. She did fail a sobriety test and was arrested. You don't say. Finally, Eddie Vedder is raising money for the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School families. He put up for bids a package to one of Pearl Jam's shows at Wrigley Field in Chicago, August 18th or 20th. It includes four tickets to the show, a private meet and greet with Vedder backstage, and a guitar signed by the entire band. The high bid at fanaticsauctions.com is $30,750 with bidding set to end on March 25th. Sunny today, low 50s. Big change tomorrow, though. Rain and snow and temperatures only in the mid-30s. It's 30 now at DVE. Hey, thanks very much uh, to uh, Schultz Ford, and uh, congratulations to our winners uh, of this past weekend's Get Your Shamrocks Off contest. Uh, Chris and his wife, Jess, they were a blast. They were so much fun. They were so fun. I don't think they made it to the wrecks. No? They hung with us until... I don't know, 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock at Permanis. We were in Market Square watching the Irishman over there. Um, but we had an absolute blast. It was a lot of fun at the parade on Saturday. So uh, hopefully they had a great time. But uh, It really was. You know, it was one of the funnier things. Like when we were trying to get out of the madness and we were just like, okay, we're, we're old guys now. We got to go home. When we were sitting in the in the hotel bar, basically waiting for Ubers, and your buddies roll in, and you look over and you go, "Look at these guys! They look like uh, the Casa Reservoir dorks." <laughs> and I laughed for probably five minutes. It was straight. the way they were walking. Yeah, I know. They're all like walking in there like they were badass. Coming in in the flying like, V. You guys, get what's, what, what is this approach? Uh, I had a blast. Yeah, oh, it was so fun. It was, it was, was so it much time? more fun than than I thought it was going to be. And it was uh, the parade is too long, but they'll figure that out. Probably kick us out next year. But so what? <laughs> Something I appreciate as an adult more more with every passing year is day drinking. Oh, day drinking! It's, it's a really nice nice time. Yeah, day, day drinking's the best. Valerie, you put. I, I tell you what, you uh, comported yourself nicely. I started at nine a.m. I can't believe that. This With is, mimosas? No, not nine. Did you only yeah. do mimosas? Yes, because the tailgate that I went to had mimosas. I'm like, yeah. You're staying on that. So it's I classy. thought, I can't, I'm not going to switch now. That's but, where everybody gets mixed up. You can't switch it. They had them at Harp and Fiddle. Yes, they did. And then Bill and, and uh, Case and I took off to grab a, a quick couple of beers while we were waiting after that. And you're like texting Bill. You're like, <laughs> bring me a mimosa. <laughs> Like, how am I going to do this? Uh, he dumped out it might as coffee. well have been in all caps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how we read it anyway. I did later like, think, well, that was pretty bossy of me. I didn't even say please. I texted you. would be like, yo, hey, we're over here. Come have a beer with us. You're like, bring me a mimosa. <laughs> Mama Bear wants a mimosa. Like, all right, I got to wash out my to-go cup. <laughs> That's what. Yeah, he put it in his coffee mug. <laughs> what a blast, though. And uh, next year we'll do it even better if uh, we're allowed back. Yeah. I think we're allowed. You know how they can make the parade quicker, Val? Go faster? Yeah. <laughs> make the floats go faster. Pedal to the metal. Yeah. Just go fast. Everybody hold on. Everybody, hang on Here just, we go. Ah, just <laughs> scream as you're going by. Flying through You just it. hear like two, but <laughs> just all the bands are just. Run. Run. Make, make it a race.
Let's see how fast that marching band can run. Everybody piles up at the end. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing quite like seeing somebody who is just so disappointed in in you as an attraction, though. Like, oh yeah, rolling down like Boulevard of the Allies, and we're at the last wave of the parade, and people have been sitting there for far too long, and they're freezing, and they're like, well, maybe there'll be something super cool. And I'll stick around, and they're sitting in their chair, and there's nobody else around them because the parade has basically ceased to be interesting for Petered quite out. some time. And they're like waiting on the hope that maybe something cool will happen. And then they see you, us, and they're like, <sighs> and then they pack up their chair. <laughs> You're like, okay. This is the last year we do this. Bye bye now. <laughs> On the way for you, Mark Caboli talks about the uh, Steelers' latest acquisition at linebacker. Mike Pursuta with your sports when we come back. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, and they're down to 16. And West Virginia is one of them. The Mountaineers are halfway to the Final Four after last night's resounding win over Marshall, 94-71. to WVU has gone through 12-seed Murray State and a 13-seed in Marshall, and uh, the Mountaineers have won those two games by an average of 20 points. Now the degree of difficulty ratches up considerably. It'll be number one seed Villanova against number five seed WVU. That's a scheduled 727 tip-off on Friday night at the TD Garden in Boston. Should West Virginia survive and advance Villanova, it would get the winner of Texas Tech and Purdue with a trip to the Final Four in San Antonio at stake. Uh, West Virginia thriving thus far. A lot of the other big-name programs are already packing up, cleaning out the lockers, and uh, wondering what the hell happened uh, among the mighty that have fallen already in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, the first four days. Uh, Virginia, which lost to Maryland-Baltimore County. Cincinnati, which blew a 22-point lead against Nevada. Yesterday, North Carolina, which was stomped by Texas A&M. Michigan State got beat by Syracuse. The Orange have won three games, including one of the first four games. And uh, Jim Beheim's team looking like it's going to be a tough out. The crazy part of this tournament is the left side of the bracket in the south region. Kentucky's a five seed and the highest team left, along with Seven seed Nevada, ninth seeded Kansas State, and eleven seeded Loyola of Chicago. And in the West region, Michigan is the top remaining seed at a three. Gonzaga's a four, Texas A&M a seven, and Florida State a nine. March Madness uh, at its maddening best thus far in the 2018 NCAA basketball tournament. The Penguins are getting ready for a game at the Islanders on Tuesday. Then they'll. Host the Canadians on Wednesday. Their most recent performance was a 5-3 win in Montreal on Thursday night. Uh, the Penguins were trying to bounce back a couple of times in that one. They had to try to get over blowing a third-period lead the night before in an overtime loss to the Rangers, and they had to bounce back from an early 2-0 deficit against the Canadians. Patrick Hornquist was impressed with the way the Penguins got both of those goals accomplished. Yeah, I think the last 50 minutes, you know, um, they they they're really hard skating team, so it's hard there the first 10 minutes to keep up with those guys. But after that, I think we did a great job. We respond the right way, we're disciplined, we, we play the right way, and then we get the results. So this is this is a really good 
bounce back game from our side and from all the players. We we can't just have a few guys going some nights and then some other guys the next night. Now it's it's a team effort here, and that's what's going to be be key here, getting in the playoff and and um, go from there. Yeah, head coach Mike Sullivan liked what he saw as well. He thought the Penguins earned their way back from that early two nothing hole. Yeah, yeah, I thought we, you know, I thought we kept playing the game the right way. We kept trying to get the next goal. We do, we're just trying to do it the right way. You know, we stayed on the right side of the puck. We made good decisions with the puck. We forced them to have to, you know, come from their deep ice to get to uh, to get to our end zone. We didn't really give them a whole lot in the third period. They got a couple of chances, and when they pulled the goalie in the last minute, when we had the two goal lead, uh, but up until that point, they really didn't get a whole lot. I thought our guys did a pretty good job. Steelers have. Uh... Dabbled in free agency, as is their habit. They have come up with inside linebacker Jonathan Bostic, most recently of the Indianapolis Colts. He's also been with the Bears and the Patriots and was in the Detroit Lions organization last year but didn't play for the Lions after suffering a foot injury. In uh, Excuse me, in 2016 he was with Detroit, but he didn't play after suffering a foot injury in training camp. We'll talk with the Athletics' Mark Caboli in detail coming up about Bostic and uh, what that might mean for the Steelers offseason progression. Uh, in college hockey, Robert Morris lost the Atlantic Hockey Conference Championship game to Air Force 5-1 to on Saturday night. The Colonials coming up a game short of the NCAA tournament for the third straight year. Penn State is in the 16-team hockey field as an at-large team. The Nittany Lions will play Denver at 7 o'clock in Allentown. That's coming up on Saturday. Uh, should the Lions win that, they would get the winner of Ohio State-Princeton this coming Sunday in Allentown with a spot in college hockey's Frozen Four on the table. The Pirates lost to the Blue Jays 5-2 to and to the Red Sox 2-1 to yesterday in spring training play. The Bucks are 8-14-2 in the Grapefruit League. They've got the Twins in Bradenton today. That's your DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuta. Thanks, Mike Valerie. What do you got coming up? Well, it's jelly bean season, so we'll talk about the nation's favorite flavor. So that's you can debate amongst yourselves. Bad news if you slept on those DVE Comedy Fest tickets because it's sold out. Bert Kreischer and company sold out at the Byam Theater on June 29th. Uh, that show, of course, also featuring Brad Williams, Rory Scovel, Sarah Tiana, and Bill Crawford. And I'm so psyched for this one. Me too. A very quick sellout for this one, which we expected. And uh, we might have some more news about some additional stuff surrounding the old Comedy Fest, maybe uh, trying to make it live up more to its name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stay tuned for details on that. But sold out Comedy Fest for 2018. When we come back, Mark Caboli of The Athletic talks about Bostic and the Steelers' uh, situation going forward, what you can expect from the black and gold. That's next. DVE. It's your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. And joining us right now from The Athletic, it is Mark Caboli. Mark, good morning. How are you, man? I'm good. How you guys doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Was, you know, hoping there would be uh, something a little more to celebrate, I guess, at this point uh, as a Steeler fan in terms of acquisitions. But I know better because I know how they do things. If you could, Mark, uh, reacquaint us with the Steelers' process for free agency. Well, they wait, first of all. You see, this first week here, which is, I believe, now we're heading into the second week. That first week, they rarely do anything. We're talking about maybe a handful of times in the 25-year history of free agency that they actually signed anybody of any significance in that first week. And I think it was 
the Ladarius Green, and we know how that worked out. And uh, Mike Mitchell was the other one. Usually they wait for that first wave to pass where all the money gets thrown around, and you saw that last week. It hands the money to everybody. Right. And all of a sudden, it's gotten really quiet here, and when it gets quiet, you've got about 200, 300 guys out there looking for jobs. You know what that means. All of a sudden, they come a little bit cheaper. So this week here is where you'll start seeing some people. You'll see here some visits. And you still, once again, not a lot of big-time people they're going to bring in because they just don't have the money right now to be able to play a baby like role type of player. So if anything's going to happen, it will be this week. Hey, Mark, yeah, the connection we have, you're kind of going in and out. Is there any chance that uh, that could be remedied on your end? Uh, probably need a new phone, probably. Uh, <laughs> tell the athletic to pony up, get you off that flip phone, man. So this is what happens. They wait it out. It's never, ever going to be a sexy pick that comes in here. Usually they sign a guy that a lot of Steeler fans have to study up on and learn about. Uh, and uh, they're usually fairly effective, but maybe not You know, somebody who is lighting up the, the free agency uh, market. Tell us about Bostic and how he fits into this equation. Well, Bostic was a—he's a guy that had some, you know, pretty good upside. He's a uh, fourth or fifth-year guy. They got him out of uh, Indianapolis, but he's been injured a lot over his career. Um, we're talking about last year; his season ended with a knee injury late. The year before, he missed all together with a knee—I mean, with a with a foot injury. And one of his earlier uh, stops was in Chicago, and uh, he was uh, had a back injury there. But he has a lot of upside. He's He's a young guy. Guys, they like to target in free agency. Guy basically coming off that second contract, off that first contract, you know, 26, 27-year-old. It's not like he's going to come in here and they want him to be the next Ryan Shazier. That's not the process right here. They needed to add depth at the position, and he's a guy that can come in and potentially provide that. I'm still sure that they're going to uh, look for a – a high-round draft pick of inside linebacker and have him be a stopgap. But I hate to even use the word stopgap because uh, you never know when people are going to get injured. You saw Shazier get injured last year and Tyler Matikiewicz get injured on basically the back-to-back series in Cincinnati, so they can use him as depth-wise. You remember last year going into the season, it looked like they had everything, um, you know, all their T's crossed and their eyes dotted when it comes to depth except that inside linebacker and they come back and zapped him. So this guy's not going to put them over the top to win the Super Bowl or anything like that, but he's uh, he's one of those key cogs that, the, you know, if he stays healthy, can really help the team. I saw a lot of fans out there, a lot of Steeler fans banging the drum, trying to get Honey Badger to come here, even some <laughs> players recruiting him. But was any of that coming from the organization itself or the people that could actually make that happen? I don't think so. You know, it's a very strange situation. He, uh, I think he was asked to take a pay cut in Arizona down to like $8 million bucks. Instead, he said, no, thanks. Uh, I'm not taking that pay cut. So he takes one year, $7 million for Houston. He said he wanted to go to a team that's, you know, historically winning. It just the whole situation seemed like it just didn't work out at all. I mean, it just didn't make any sense of why he went to Houston for $7 million. Once again, that's something the Steelers could have afforded if that was the price that they – if he would have signed here in Pittsburgh. But, you know, I think a lot of things might have uh, backed him off. They have backed a lot of teams off, and one of it is his play dipped a little bit last year, coming off a couple of injuries. He had shoulder injuries. He had knee injuries. In the end, uh, it was just a whole strange situation. So I'm thinking there was much more involved 
on his decision. And usually, you know, to be honest with you, too, if he was, you know, really wanted to sign that one-year deal and bet on himself and get paid next year, Steelers don't want anything to do with that. They're not going to sign that one-year guy, have a rent a player, and have him leave next year. If he was more into, like, the Joe Hayden thing, you know what Hayden did last year was three years. He signed up for $27 million to be able to create a culture here with him. So you put all that together, and it just didn't work out. But the whole situation was weird. Seven million bucks to Texans. I'm sure he could have got more money and a better team if he really wanted to. Mark, fast forward to September. Is the secondary going to include draft picks starting at safety? Uh, Cam Sutton starting at safety. Uh, somebody that uh, isn't on the team yet, uh, a veteran starting at safety. How are they going to refigure that? Oh, that's the million dollar question right now. That's tough. Uh, Right now, I, I don't see how they can have anybody currently on the roster as penciled in as their guy. Uh, J.J. Wilcox, someone I mean, couldn't learn the playbook last year, couldn't make tackles, made, you know, dumb bonehead plays in special teams. Yeah, are you surprised and, as I am that he's still on the team? Yeah, maybe they're just keeping him around right now. And okay, He's one of those guys you ever hear Colbert talk about. If we add somebody, we can delete him. I guess he's the one that could be deleted. Because you can save, uh, I think, $2 million bucks if you delete him. But you got to have somebody. Right now, they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody that has any experience other than Wilcox. I mean, so, like I said before, in free agency, as long as it's going on, if you look, the safety position has barely been touched of any in free agency. And as long as this goes on, maybe you can get a Kenny Vaccaro. Maybe you can get a Trey Boston for an affordable price, and all of a sudden that changes your whole plan moving forward. Because you can't go into the draft thinking, you know, we're going to get this safety and throw him in right away, and he's going to succeed week one. I mean, that's just bad business. You can't do that. So uh, I would imagine that uh, Wilcox, I mean, Cam Sutton, I don't know. Uh, You hear a lot about that right now, but do you really want to move a guy who showed very much promise at cornerback, uh, a position that, you know, it's very hard to be able to get somebody to play well at and move him to a position he barely played at where you might need him back to corner. I think that would be our last case alternative right now. But that's your actual question, man. I think we just have to wait and see. Within this next week or so, if they don't make any moves with the safety position, then I'm going to have to take my guesses with J.J. Wilcox and or hopefully a, a high-round draft pick can get in there after maybe, you know, the end of September. Last thing for you, Mark Caboli from The Athletic uh, reported that uh, Matthew Slater, the uh, special team stalwart from New England, visited the Steelers, left without a contract, and that pretty much uh, means they're not going to give him one? Typically, that's what happens. He showed up on Friday, had the visit. He left, uh, nothing in place right there. And usually when that happens, they very rarely circle around the sign. Again, once again, do you want a guy who's 32 years old who he made $1.8 million with the, with the Patriots to be your gunner last year. I don't know if that's a, a, a road you want to go down. And now if that's a guy who's going to sign at a veteran minimum, that's a different story. So I'm sure that Matthew Slater is out there looking to see if he has any other suitors right now. But he seems like a guy that's much more valuable to the Patriots because he means so much in their locker room. If he comes in this locker room at age 32 and just a special teams demon, I mean, how, how much... How effective can he be? I think they're just 
checking him out, see what he's like. If it comes down to it, if the Patriots don't want him and he wants to take no money. Sure, get dirt on Belichick, boom. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They're getting all the secrets. Yeah, all the secrets. You see those moves he made this past year. If they win it this year, I mean, I guess they could throw them in the Hall of Fame right now because they're, they're just losing everybody. Yeah, well, we lost Robert Golden, so someone's got to come in and uh, fill that <laughs> void on special teams, but uh, not exactly uh, worried about that uh, affecting our Super Bowl. Although, who knows? Who knows? Robert Golden was a star, man. You just think, you remember last year that Robert Golden, Mike Mitchell, and Jim Hayden were fighting over that number 23? Now they all can have it. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Caboli from The Athletic Hey man, thanks so much for your time this morning We appreciate it Okay man, on the way, Val's got your news What's going on? Well, we're going to you know, have a little debate about the best flavor of jelly bean None Well, you would not be in yeah. the uh, majority uh, Yeah, I'm not in the debate at all yeah. You're anti-jelly bean all the time nope. Then get out I don't bean up <laughs> What do you do for Easter? I, I You're pray. not a beaner? I pray you pray. Yeah. He eats peeps. No, I don't eat peeps either. I think peeps are gross. I don't like peeps either. Yeah. Peeps are gross. Peeps are gross. Well, jelly beans are different now. It's not the jelly bean of our youth. How? Well, we'll talk about it coming up. I hate the teases. I can't wait to argue. Yeah, well, that's the tease. <laughs> tell me exactly uh, how and what flavor you like the best. <laughs> I will tell you why you are wrong. Uh, on demand, DBE, everywhere you go, iHeartRadio, just download it. Uh, it's free. Maybe that's why we're bankrupt. We should probably charge for this. <laughs> it's such a good product. Go to iHeartRadio. Yeah. iHeartRadio app, download it. I mean, 15 cents probably would have gone a long way because people love it. Don't worry about those other streaming services. This has got everything. iHeartRadio, download it um, to your smartphone or tablet, and you can take us with you wherever you go. iHeartRadio. Radio. Nope. Harp and Fiddle gave us to-go sandwiches, which saved my life. Yeah. Because if I didn't have that thing about halfway through the parade, I would have been struggling. <laughs> yeah, I saw Anthony walk out with two bags of stuff. I'm like, what is that? I didn't throw anything off the side of that truck for about the first half of the parade. I was just sitting there eating sandwich, And then I was offering a bite of my sandwich to people, and I was <laughs> alarmed at how many people were willing to come up and take a bite of the sandwich. Who wants to bite this sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> and you had takers. People were like, I'll bite it. I'll, I'll take go. a bite of that. What is it? Roast beef? <laughs> sure. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I had a pretty good buzz going. I think we all did. That was a lot of fun. Thanks to the parade. Thanks, Pittsburgh. Thanks, Pittsburgh, for coming out to the three-and-a-half-hour-long parade in frigid temperatures. Holy cow, it was cold. It was real cold. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun, uh, if not a little bit long. And the people, like, there's, there was, like, the the float, like, stop where the people who were doing the play-by-play. Yeah, the judging station. I and think by the time cold. we got there, those people were just beaten down. <laughs> <laughs> and coming up next is There's the a DV. Schultz Ford. Okay, next. Like we're dancing for you over here. But I got to tell you, the end of that parade route is pretty rowdy. That's where it's all going. Papa Jay's, oh, like yeah, that, that, that whole parking lot is And the crazy. one a block down from that jamming. Yep. I can't remember which one that is, but that was packed. The one near, ca- near Froggies. Yeah, because I went into that one first, I I think. Mm. I was like, oh, this isn't where we're going. Good times. Uh, Great times. 
just fantastic times. Hey, the DVE Comedy Festival sold out. Burt Kreischer had pretty much sold out in the first 24 hours. And there were some stragglers left, and uh, they finally moved him. If you don't mind having, like, uh, obscured vision, they do have some of those blocked view yeah. seats. Seats at the Benetton, which is weird. Because <laughs> the <laughs> show's at the Bayam. Uh, they're really obscured, yeah. Uh, but you could go try to get those. Uh, really psyched for this for a lot of reasons, uh, not the least of which is that a portion of the proceeds from those tickets going to benefit, it's about the Warrior Foundation. So uh, great. Which does such awesome work here. And the DV Comedy Fest, of course, we got to mention our sponsors because they're like, you know, they're getting short shrifted here a little bit. In that. You're right. You're not getting a ton of mentions. We don't have to sell anything. Yeah, because we sold it out. SouthTailsAuto.com, Disaster Restoration Services, CW Electrical Services, and Dawn's Appliances. Thanks so much to those guys for helping to make us. Uh, allowing us to uh, to make this happen. Once again, the DVE Comedy Festival, June 29th at the Byam Theater. Burke Kreischer, Brad Williams, Rory Scovel, Sarah Tiana, Bill Crawford. Sold out. Val, what's up? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. 11. It's 30 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Sport Clips. Back in 2016, two guidance counselors, as well as a sheriff's deputy at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, recommended that an 11th grader named Nicholas Cruz be committed for psychiatric evaluation. The news comes from a review of mental health records by the New York Times on Sunday. This revelation appears to be yet another in a number of missed opportunities that might have stopped Cruz from going on one of the deadliest school shooting sprees in U.S. history last month, in which he killed 17 and wounded 17 others. Despite that 2016 warning, it was determined that Cruz was only a low risk to himself and others. White House staffers may not be allowed to talk about their time in the West Wing because of non-disclosure agreements. The Washington Post reports that President Trump had senior staff members sign non-disclosure agreements forbidding them from sharing confidential information they learn of during their time at the White House. Confidentiality agreements reportedly extend past Trump's presidency. Members of the Trump campaign and transition team had to sign similar agreements. That's uh, is that normal? I don't know. I mean, I would f- think there's some type of confidentiality for anybody working in the top, government. For the top secret stuff. Yeah. Well, nobody there has clearance anyways. <laughs> uh, it doesn't take that much imagination to understand robots and artificial intelligence are going to continue to wipe out more and more jobs in coming years. But that doesn't mean people have a good idea of what this changeover is going to look like. A new That's survey. Everybody's mad at the immigrants for taking the jobs. It's the damn robots. Right. A new survey found mm-hmm. 73% of U.S. adults believe artificial intelligence will eliminate more jobs than it creates. But the same survey found only 23% of people were worried or very worried this would affect them personally. Seems most people think uh, robots will wipe out somebody else's job, but not theirs. Computers have done uh, a lot of damage in our industry. Yes. No doubt about Time. that. You know, thank God we live in Pittsburgh where it's not really like they, they kind of revere uh, the, you know, the medium mm-hmm. a little differently. Pittsburgh is a great radio town. We're very spoiled here. And well, the union I, protects us a little. Love being a uh, yeah know? part of that union. <laughs> uh, yeah, they do definitely protect us. But, you know, a lot of places there's just. There's computers running stuff with one guy's voice that is just blasting through a hundred different stations. The small right. markets are where it really, 
really hurts them. Yeah, there's no there's no farm system anymore like where I started. Me neither. There might be yeah. one morning guy, and then every, the rest of the whole day is, you know, in small towns. It just doesn't exist. Right. Same thing for me. I was very lucky. It's sad. It's really sad. I feel like I got grandfathered in. Like, it's the end of it. Yeah. I hope not, but unless things change... Well, if like iHeart sold a billion radio stations that they have, and they had to sell them all off in order to, what, they got to pay for the, uh, I don't know, whatever they got. They got carpet on the walls up there in the, uh, <laughs> the headquarters. I don't, I don't know what's costing mm-hmm. us so much money, but uh, <laughs> that was uh, the thing. A, mist, a, a, mi- a mist tunnel. Yeah, they do have a mist tunnel. By the way, when we went bankrupt, did the mist tunnel turn off, or did they just keep misting? Shut off the water. That should have been the first expense they cut was the fancy mist tunnel. In our uh, iHeart president's hallway. The mist is shut down. But, dude, how badass is it that he had a mist tunnel? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty badass. It probably smelled like lime or like something. Like the YMCA pool. Or like a coconut. You're like... Oh, oh is- scented you. Yeah, mean. yeah. Like you were just going through there. No, I don't think it I smelled like chlorine. I thought you meant like, like musty water. <laughs> no, not like lime like you bury a body. But like... <laughs> I mean, like, no, that'd be great if if there was like a Febreze tunnel that people had to walk through to get to work. We could use one around here some yeah. days. Oh, uh, dude, someone needs. These stink you coming in off the street. I wish there was a some sort of disinfectant mist going on in the third floor bathroom. So whatever's happening in there right now is an abomination. <laughs> you mean right now? Currently, I just yeah, went. I just right this second. Had to, yeah, it was. I don't think a mist tunnel would help. No. I ran out. I think of it would just make it like a poo rainforest. Yeah, that'd be bad. Just poo molecules yeah. floating all over the place. The point is this: if they sold off a ton of radio stations, it would like you know, there's a bunch of different media conglomerates, and that would be the only way it would ever happen again, where it would start to be have independence at the lower level. You know, which I don't see that happening for a long time. But I don't know how many other industries are affected similarly yeah, I don't know. by robots coming in and just wiping out tons and tons of jobs. So like, when we say robots, it's just computers. I'm sure news, like newspapers, with the, you know, increase. Well, it's happening happens in major cities, so yeah. But the same thing's happening with some of the newspapers, like in Denver, that happened with us. Where like venture capitalists come in with all this debt, and then they saddle the company with debt, and then they make all the money on the company, and then they just dump all the debt, and they're like, "Uh oh, see you." <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Groups in Colorado and California are working to legalize magic mushrooms. They've seen how other groups jump through the hoops to get weed legalized, and now they're making a run at getting laws changed for shrooms. They point out people who trip out rarely need medical treatment and that it's almost impossible to overdose. And saving animals, uh, or saying animals rather, suffer from many of the same illnesses as people. One lawmaker wants to make medical marijuana available for pets. New York Assemblywoman Amy Pollan introducing a bill to give vets the right to prescribe it. Spokeswoman from the New York State Veterinary Medical Society says pet owners are increasingly asking about medical marijuana for their animals, but there is not enough research about the drug's impact. You clearly have already said, Randy, you don't like jelly beans. Uh, Bill? I love jelly beans, yeah. This is jelly bean season. Candystore.com ran a survey on jelly bean flavors and analyzed sales data for the past decade. What do you think the most popular uh, flavor of jelly bean is? If it's black licorice, it's red. exactly why I hate jelly beans. That's number two. Did you Cherry. say red? <laughs> <laughs> black licorice is number two, which is what every jelly bean was when we were kids. Which is why I hated it. Like the little spicy ones. But now jelly beans are different. Buttered popcorn is the number on. one Ugh. jelly bean flavor. 
I just always looked at them like colors, and they they all pretty much taste the yeah, same. Yeah, kind of. Buttered popcorn, though, it kind of is like. It's, it's not nasty. I don't it's like chemical. I don't like mixing mixing jelly right. like candy and popcorn. Confu- the between your Unless head and your mouth popcorn gets confused. Did you ever eat at one of those like gastronomy places where they mess with the flavor of the food? No. Those really screw with your head. And things come out looking like well, something. Here's a root beer float, like except taste it. It's chicken noodle soup. It's like being in Willy Wonka's. Or here's a uh, Cuban sandwich that looks like a cigar being put out in a dirty ashtray. And you're like, that's so weird looking. And then you eat it and it's the best thing you ever had. It's it's crazy, that stuff. It ended up being a cigar. Anyways, I was in the wrong place and it turns out I just was eating cigars. Yeah, so Jelly Bellies, that's the, the one that's got millions of different flavors, right? Yes. The brand. So buttered popcorn, number one. Uh, number two, black licorice. After that, it's cinnamon, watermelon, cherry, pear, orange, green apple, toasted marshmallow, and coconut. Did you ever... My nieces gave me a box of those jelly beans that have like... Some of them smell... They like, taste like farts and booger or something. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah. The, the disgusting ones. Yeah, but like... You yeah. But, there's only like one, <laughs> but there's like only... They taste one, like farts. There's only like one or two of them that are like... You, it's like basically like Russian roulette with... Jelly beans. Yeah. So you either get the crappy one or you don't. There's one random fart jelly bean. Yeah. There's. Here's what's not cool to do to somebody, to ask them if they've been eating fart jelly beans around <laughs> Easter, because most of the time they definitely have not. Been. No, that's just ham farts. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, your breath is kind of cranking. You've been eating a uh, bag full of farts or what, what's happening? Chew on this. I just remember Booger je- beans. jelly beans to me. I think I never liked the black licorice flavor at all. Yeah, like, and like, they were the great big ones. I hated them all. And then when when President Reagan got shot and I was a kid, he loved jelly beans. <laughs> and my like second grade teacher made us like send him jelly beans. And I just was like, why are we doing this? So I'm like duct taping something. And I just I always had a grudge against the jelly beans. Sorry you got shot. Bad. Here's some jelly beans. I didn't understand it. I was a kid. You have a bad history. Yeah. I'm like, why does he like jelly beans? These suck. I don't know. It's like a a cousin to the jelly bean, but I grew up on Mike and Ike's, and those were phenomenal. Different. They're spicy, though, right? Not all of them. Oh. No. Mike and Ike's are different. No. I think you're thinking of maybe like hot tamales or something. Maybe. I didn't like any of that jelly food. No. Or peeps. No peeps. No. Peeps, Peeps are the worst. I got white chocolate, regular chocolate. And uh, um, like like one Cadbury egg or something Ew, like that. Even those. Who's that eating more than one piece? By the way, did you see how that guy poisoned the Cadbury eggs this year? Who? No. Some dude in England poisoned the Cadbury eggs, unless this is fake news that I, I read, which is possible. I might have been fake news on this. I think some guy like tainted a bunch of eggs. Like no, last month, you, they were like, yeah. don't buy these eggs. They've been tainted. Yeah, they were tainted eggs out there. I don't know. Just be careful with your eggs. Any David eggs, really. Byrne. David. How much foil did you used to eat at Easter? Um, I swear to God, I probably none? ate half a pound of foil. <laughs> Don't you remember the chocolate eggs that have foil on them all the time? You like try to scrape them off. And- no, I was very fussy about like get every. Don't let any foil in there. I was in such a but rush. Then you chew it. It's like the one thing you had to do in my house was weird. you had to you had to make your mark on your bunny. Otherwise, someone else was going to eat it. So you had to take a bite out of every bunny <laughs> and then it, throw it. 
No, you didn't pee on the bunny, but you'd have to you'd have to take a bite out of it. So there'd be like a big long tooth drag mark through a chocolate bunny. <laughs> and that way nobody else would eat it. You'd throw it in the freezer and be like, Oh, here's one. Oh, son of a gun, it's got trails. I've spat on that, so I wouldn't advise you eat it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was lucky because my brothers were so much older than me, there was no competition for you know, Easter candy or Easter egg hunts. Uh, they were like, oh, that's bad for my cholesterol. <laughs> yeah. I definitely ate some of that fake grass that they put in the <laughs> in the baskets. Because, oh, yeah. you know, they had like just jelly beans and little, the oh, little yeah. eggs spread out through, you know. Those, and you're trying to rifle through that stuff. Those chocolate eggs. I know, and every once in a while there'd be like the big peanut M&Ms and stuff like that in there. Ooh. Yeah, you had to go for those. Love it. David Byrne is celebrating his first top 10 album on the Billboard 200 album sales chart with his new set, American Utopia. The longtime Talking Heads frontman's 12th solo collection debuted at number three on this week's chart. David Byrne plays the Benetum on May 13th. I got tickets for that. Yeah? Yeah, it'll be cool. I'm excited for that. And Judas Priest celebrating its highest charting album ever with its latest release, Firepower. The veteran rocker's 18th studio album debuted at number five on this week's Billboard 200 album sales chart, surpassing its previous chart high of number six with 2014's Redeemer of Souls. Finally, Neil Young says he and Daryl Hannah have each other's backs. Hannah's movie, Paradox, in which Young stars and contributes music, comes to Netflix on Friday. In an interview with Yahoo Entertainment, Neil opened up about their relationship and how they help each other as artists. He says they support each other and understand how to deal with the element of fame they both have. He also addresses the media backlash they experienced after Young left his wife of 36 years, Peggy, to be with Hannah, saying that they didn't pay any attention to that. Uh, He went on to say even close friends were critical of their relationship, but he maintains that Daryl is a wonderful human being and that he's very lucky to know her. One thing she's done for him, he says, is to help him become physically stronger. He talked about her intense workout regimen and says he crawls along beside her and they do Pilates twice a week, sometimes three times, and they get in the pool with weights. I can't imagine. Get in the pool with weights. This is funny sounding. Neil Tom Waits. I get in the pool with Daryl with Waits. <laughs> we do Pilates. Well, we know she's comfortable in the pool. She's part <laughs> fish. I feel strong. He says the two are very lucky to have found each other. I mean, I'm on. I'm Team Peggy. I can't help it. His poor wife. He's such an, a weird guy. He, I mean, I, I'm surprised he stuck with his wife as long as he did. As many times as he left Crosby, Stills, and Nash, <laughs> who were in the most abusive relationship ever. The one time, the last tour that came through Pittsburgh, what I, I want to say it was 2002 or something like that, and they played Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Young uh, played uh, Civic Arena, and it was great. And then like three dates later, he left the tour. He's like, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how he said it, too. Bye-bye. <laughs> hey, I'm going to get in this huge car. Drive away. Here, take these fart jelly beans. <laughs> and I love Neil Young. I've been burned by him so many times at, at concerts. And two years ago at Jazz Fest, I sat in the rain for 40 minutes watching him play two songs. And I'm like, dude. And then he came back and played Farm Aid. And I mean, it was one of the most blisteringly awesome sets I've ever seen him do. He's so great. But he's also a hilarious character to me. Pono! Nobody. He couldn't get anybody on the Pono yeah. bandwagon. And don't he was probably right. No, I you don't have what one. Do you no, have? he has Sonos. I, 
Yeah, oh, Sonos. I always Nothing, whatever. I got Ponos. No, I have polio, Val. <laughs> <laughs> I have polio. He has How Bonos. Yes, I have Bonos. You too has their own. He just sits and it's there. forced on you. <laughs> He's like, I don't want any of this. But it just plays nonstop. Sunny, low 50s today. Rain and snow, mid-30s. Tomorrow, first day of spring, it's 32 at DVE. Mike Pursuta with your sports. When we come back, Sweet 16 is set. From the DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Sweet 16 is set. Kansas State got there by beating the tournament's all-time Cinderella, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, 11th seed Loyola of Chicago, got there by going through 6th seed Miami and 3 seed Tennessee. Nevada got there by overcoming a 22-point deficit against 2 seed Cincinnati. Florida State got there by beating a 1 seed Xavier. Michigan got there by beating Houston on a buzzer-beating three. West Virginia has taken a more conventional route. Bob Huggins' team handled Murray State in the first round, 85-68, to 68, and Marshall in the second round, 94-71. to 71. A couple of dominating performances for the Mountaineers, and that has earned them a date with Villanova, the number one seed in the East Regional. The Wildcats and Mountaineers will get together at 7.27 p.m. on Friday night at TD Garden in Boston. The winner of that game would advance to take on the winner of Texas Tech in Purdue with a trip to the Final Four on March the 31st in San Antonio in the offing for the winner. It's been a tremendous tournament already, and I think it's only going to get better. I like seeing the big guys get knocked off. That's always good. That's what makes it what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, if the, number, if the higher seed just advanced every time was all the same teams all the time. The, the mystery wouldn't be there. But just watching some of these games and when they're close in the last two minutes, in the last minute, the tension is incredible. It's uh, so much fun to watch. 16 beating the one is special. Yeah. that's Historical. A fir- it's the first time that happened. It won't be the last. Penguins uh, getting ready for a game at the Islanders tomorrow night. Uh, they've been off since their victory over the Canadians on Thursday night when they kind of got their feet back under them after blowing that third-period lead last Wednesday in New York. The Penguins able to crawl out of a 2 nothing hole against the Canadians and win 5-3. to Evgeny Malkin had a goal and an assist in that game, his 26th goal, 27th assist, and 52nd and 53rd points since January the 2nd. But Malkin uh, maintained afterwards that He's trying to do what needs to be done, not trying to do it all for the Pens. I'm just like trying to play my game. I mean, like, uh, of course, I want like uh, score every night. You know, I want like my line play like better every night. You know, just uh, we understand like uh, we're a great team, and uh, I'm understand like uh, I can like take puck and like uh, keep going. You know, like and uh, my uh, line mates Horny and Huggy like support me. You know, it's I'm understand like uh, they give me pass all the time. Like when they have chance. And just uh, do it my job. I understand I can't, like, take puck and keep going. <laughs> yeah. Details, details, details. So well said. That, uh, those apply now individually and collectively more so than at any time in the season as uh, the Penguins try to storm into the postseason. Uh, the way they beat the Canadians in the third period last Thursday reestablished their ability to finish. 
I mean, like, uh, we have, like, experience, like, I mean, like, we play, like, uh, it's like playoffs game, you know, like, it's 4-3, like, one goal left, like, one goal, like, we lead, and, like, eight minutes, like, uh, we, we understand we need, like, uh, support each other, blocking shot, you know, like, no penalty, like, it's small details, but uh, it's, like, experience. Benji, two points behind the Caps for first place in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, they've both played 72 games. Uh, forward Josh Juris recalled from HL Wilkesbury Scranton. Uh, Carter Rowney is uh, out with what the Penguins are categorizing as a longer term upper body injury. Rowney played just four minutes and 11 seconds in Montreal. Matt Murray practiced on Saturday. He's missed uh, nine games with a concussion, but he could be on the verge of returning for the Penguins. The Steelers have signed, or I should say they have agreed to a two-year contract with inside linebacker Jonathan Bostick, most recently of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, That deal is pending a physical today. It's been uh, an uneven journey for Bostick in the NFL since he joined the league as a second-round pick out of Florida by the Chicago Bears in 2013. Uh, Injuries have uh, often got in the way, but he was able to play 14 games last year for Indianapolis before suffering a season-ending knee injury, and he made 97 tackles. He's been with the Bears, New England, and Detroit, who we never played for, but uh, was a IR designation in training camp in 2016, and uh, he was also with the Colts last year. Uh, a body at inside linebacker, particularly a guy who started 14 games this past season, uh, has got to help. It's not necessarily the answer, <laughs> but it's uh, part of the solution, at least uh, heading into the draft and what remains to be seen from free agency. Robert Morse uh, was beaten by Air Force 5-1 to one on Saturday night in Rochester in the Atlantic Hockey Conference Championship game. Air Force moves on to the NCAA tournament. Penn State gets an at-large bid to the 16-team hockey tournament. The Nittany Lions will play Denver at 7 p.m. on Saturday night in Allentown. Uh, the winner of that game gets the winner of Ohio State and Princeton on Sunday, and the winner of that game goes to the Frozen Four. Pirates were 5-2 to two losers to the Blue Jays and 2-1 to one losers to the Red Sox in Grapefruit League play yesterday. The Bucks are 8-14-2 on the spring. They've got the Twins in Bradenton today. You're not going to believe this. The crime that has been committed at the Carnegie Library. When we come back, I will tell you about a cultural crime that happened right here in Pittsburgh. And the um, the value of the theft is going to blow you away. I didn't know you could even get this stuff in the library. This is like uh, Pittsburgh. You've, you've piqued my interest. It's Colonel. It's like, uh, you know, Pittsburgh Clue mm-hmm. right now. Who done it? Who done it? She Where did they done it. do it? She did and what they do it with. Who done it? Find out when we return. The biggest cultural crime in Pittsburgh history. Next. It is the DVE Morning Show, and an unbelievable crime has taken place at the Carnegie Library. Over 300 rare books and materials from the Carnegie Library have been stolen over a long period of time. That's crazy. It's, uh, so this wasn't one heist. 314 items. They discovered this last April because they wanted to appraise all the books to determine their value. Mm -hmm. 
And that's when they discovered a lot of them were gone. Now, these books range in era from 1500s on up. Like the most rare classical books, collections of photography, stuff like that. These are not um, in circulation to be borrowed. No. This is an unbelievable total. Got to be an inside job, right? For sure. Has to be. Michael Vinson, a rare book dealer for 26 years, reviewed the list of missing items and said the value of those books would easily be $5 million. Wow. Come on. $5 million. Five million. Look for your late fees to go up. Now, like, <laughs> the Post-Gazette has a really good breakdown of everything. They even have, like, a table and a graph that you can go on and fly through it and check out all the titles. And, you know, there's 300 of them. But, like, you know, it's not like you're going to know them. It's not like, maybe Dick. Oh, my God. Like, Joe Dickus Hondius and Gerard Mercator's Atlas Civ Cosmographicae Mediatones from Amsterdam in 1619. I skimmed it. <laughs> it's kind of dense. Johann Friedrich Schroeter's Allgemein Gestart der Lander und Volker von America. 1752. Something I didn't like, that. like it. It was all in German. <laughs> but... The detectives. Now, if this isn't Pittsburgh Clue, I don't know what is, but how about there's the detective from the uh, Allegheny DA's office, right? Lyle Graber. The Ant Antiquarian Booksellers Association of America has alerted their 450 members. Okay? We've alerted them all. Listen to the name of these book detectives who are handling this uh, nationally. Fren La Quatre and Perron Tansmore. Perron. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Bernie Perron Tansmore. Maybe it's Perron. I don't know. But they sound very Perot, don't they? They do. If you, they stole something from a train. Maybe these guys would find it. <laughs> right. But <laughs> alas, no train. It was from the third floor of the Oakland Carnegie Library. They had to go ask these guys to come out of retirement in some reading nook in Europe. Where, uh, this this would be a great movie, or not. I told you I retired. <laughs> this was part of a magnificent collection that would cover the entire breadth of what, what's, uh, Western civilization. Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen is a landmark in literature. If there were a bunch of like different messages in all the books that somehow had, like if this was like Da Vinci's Code, only you'd have to give it like a Pittsburgh name. It would be like Marchinsky's Code. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Kowalski's only Code. There's, there's messages in each of these books that will lead us to the ultimate treasure. A three-volume set by Thomas McKaney and James Hall titled History of the, Ameri of the Indian Tribes of North America. That one alone, 100 grand. Who has Franco's football from the Immaculate Reception? Uh, the North American Indian, a photographic record of Native American cultures created by Edward Curtis from 1907 to 1930. If it's a full volume, it's between one and two million dollars all by itself. Just that one. 
Yeah, I saw that on Amazon. I was like, I'm not paying no this. No way. How crazy is that? How did that occur? Over They have to know who did it. But it's been a year now, and nobody's been arrested for it. They discovered it a year ago? Yeah. See, but didn't they oh. say it was over a period of time? Yeah, it could have been, so like, been 15 years. Who right. knows? I don't know when the last time they ran a, an insurance... Uh, thing on it well it's probably pretty hard to figure out if a book is missing you know what i mean unless you're doing inventory every single day i guess that's what they were doing the hilarious thing is the comments in the post gazette (laughs) because i love reading comments now because this is where the real horrific people hang out um two comments in definitely a white guy I don't know why I thought that was so funny. Yep. Let me narrow it down for you. Uh, white guy did this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a white guy crime. White guy crime. Mm-hmm. And then everybody, going through the comments is great because everybody has the crime figured out. Sounds like the butcher was keeping the choicest cuts for himself. <laughs> crime solved. White guy. <laughs> five million dollars worth of books that's incredible that's a lot of books there's a lot of books uh hey thanks again to everybody who uh took part in the uh the dve schultz Ford parade float because a lot of people busted their ass so that we could jump on that thing and act like goose for a couple hours so thanks richard bazzi and everyone at schultz ford uh, and thanks to all the people here at iHeart. Anthony, Rachel. Mm-hmm. All the part-timers yep. who came out and were helping us give and, away stuff. And were, yeah, and kicked ass, basically. Thanks to them. We had a blast. Thanks to Chris and Jessica for winning the contest, coming and hanging out and being cool. Yeah, and not being like social morons. They were a blast. Oh, they fit right in with us. Thanks to the Harp and Fiddle. Hard Rock. Thanks to the Hard Rock. Bastard Thanks. Bearded Irishman. Rex Theater. Bastard Rex Bearded Irishman. Permani Brothers. Permani Brothers. The Holiday Inn on uh, 10th Street. Thanks to them. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to the uh, stuff like that. Yeah, they had a black. I don't think the winners did not make it to the Rex Theater. I think the uh, 12 hours preceding that knocked them out of the game. It's a tough one. It's a tough. It was if if somebody was going to do that entire day. I would have been supremely impressed. Yeah, because it started with kegs and eggs. Yeah. And if you ended with the, the Irishman, who probably went on, what, 9.30, 10 o'clock? Probably. My motto no. used to be go hard or go home. Now my motto is go hard and then go home. Yeah, go hard and then get out of there and go home. Early. Go yeah. hard early. It was so much fun. Thanks to Sean Casey, too. The who, mayor. The mayor was on Did fire. Did not disappoint. Playing uh, <laughs> Bob Seger, beautiful loser, out of his iPhone just to get some tunes going on the truck. He's a one-man parade. Hey, guys, let's get some tunes going. You guys like Bob Seger? You guys like Bob Seger? Beautiful loser. What are you doing? <laughs> beautiful loser. Oh, so okay, awesome. I'm into it now, Case. Thanks for playing, you know, beautiful loser out of that half a millimeter big speaker. What is that, hand cream? Give me one of those. I'll chuck it over the mountain. He did, too. Yeah, he was throwing hand cream a couple stories up. Some dudes are on a roof. Stand there. Oh, get hold of yourself. <laughs> we should have had Case call in today. Uh, thanks to John Clayton for uh, stopping by the studio. He's, he's still be, drinking. Probably. He's going to be uh, at the Point Park University Talkback Series tonight. Pittsburgh Playhouse. Go to pittsburghplayhouse.com. If you'd like to go to that lecture moderated by 
Bob Pompini. Pompini. Also, thanks to Mark Caboli of The Athletic. Billy Gardell will be on the show tomorrow. DVE Comedy Fest has sold out. Woo. Thanks to our sponsors. That didn't take long. Nope. SouthTalesAuto.com. Disaster. It took less time than the parade. <laughs> SouthTalesAuto.com. Disaster Restoration Services. CW Electrical Services and Dawn's Appliance. And uh, proceeds. Portion of the proceeds uh, from those ticket sales go to It's About the Warrior Foundation. And glad to be partnered up with them for this one. All right. Michelle's coming up next. See you tomorrow. Did I forget anything? Nope. Anybody? Nope. Good deal. All right. See you. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm -hmm.